We fade into a bird's eye view of the Mindspin Mountains, not far from the hollow hills of Nirmathos. Below lies a vast valley blanketed in mist. Only the upper sections of a lone onyx black tower can be seen piercing the fog. Our view descends towards this tower, into the mist, to a troop of hobgoblin soldiers bearing the symbol of the Iron Fang Legion. They march two by two from a now empty encampment into a massive archway at the base of the tower. They descend a long staircase, several hundred steps. The clattering of metal and heavy footfalls echo down the dimly lit and narrow corridor. After a time, the stairs end and transition to a flat hallway. Ancient dwarven scripts line the walls, alongside runes of a language far older still. The troop continues marching until the hallway transitions again, now into stairs going upwards. Sounds of distant battle can be faintly heard ahead now. A small light appears at the distant top of the stairway. The troop climbs several hundreds of steps until the light takes the shape of an open archway. At that moment, the sound of siege engines drown out the din of battle, followed by shaking and rumbling. It calms. Then again, the sound comes, and the rumbling, this time more violent. The hobgoblins at the front of the troop steady themselves against the steps to avoid falling backwards. Looking ahead, the archway's shape collapses, and large onyx black stones tumble down the steps towards the troop. The rock slide collides with the hobgoblins, knocking them into their allies like dominoes, and then all is silent in the stairway, and the light of the archway can no longer be seen. We cut to a small, dimly lit room with a circular desk at its center. Maps and notes lie scattered across it. The walls and floor of the ceiling are a dark stone. It has no windows, only four lit sconces, and a single closed door. Two figures stand on either side of the desk, hobgoblins, one male, one female. The male hobgoblin is the first to speak. General, I received a report regarding Lieutenant Kosarok's campaign in the Hollow Hills. The female hobgoblin rests her hands on the desk and leans forward slightly. I heard she ran into trouble. To put it lightly, yes. Not only did her campaign waste a great deal of our resources, but she ultimately failed to capture Longshadow, the key point of interest in that area. The female sighs. She is a brilliant strategist, but it seems, despite my stern warning, she still underestimated her opponent. Her ambition clouded her judgment. The male nods. According to our scouts, four individuals infiltrated her encampment and defeated her, as well as destroyed the Stone Road, thereby cutting off reinforcements from Fort Feindar. The scouts didn't have much specific detail, but Brega and Molga returned not long ago and gave their accounts. The male hobgoblin pulls out four folded pieces of parchment, unfolds them, and sets them on the desk. Each depicts a roughly sketched portrait. Three humans, one dwarf. These are the four in question. They had caused trouble throughout the area, and upon arriving in Longshadow, thwarted the efforts of your doppelganger trio that was sent to aid Lieutenant Kosaruk. They also fought off the Dreamstalker sisters and prevented their assassination of the mayor. Impressive accomplishments. Are they the same four that caused issues for Ibzyriak and that failure of a son? It is difficult to say for sure, but it is very likely. The timing fits, and their earlier movements through the Hollow Hills began near the Fangwood. Then it looks like your son created a much bigger thorn in our side than I anticipated. 
The male hobgoblin grimaces, a look of shame, anger, and disappointment, but not sadness. I will continue to make up for his shortcomings. Had he come back alive, I would have punished him and killed him myself. The female turns towards the door. See to it these four are dealt with. Make it sooner rather than later. They've proven to be a threat we can no longer simply ignore. What of Long Shadow? Should I lead a force to crush it? No, leave it be for now. I doubt it has the strength to mount a counteroffensive. Continue your preparations for the invasion of Morthoon. They will not keep quiet forever. We need to make the first move. As you command, General. The male bows, and the female reaches the door, exits, and closes it behind her. And with that, we return once more to Iron Fang Invasion. It has been quite some time. I believe we left off last session with you guys leveling up after a particularly difficult, dangerous, and climactic battle with the aforementioned Lieutenant Kosharuk in her encampment, having collapsed the tower and cut off the reinforcements. So I think we'll start with a little bit about uh, what you guys got at level up. I don't recall us talking about it before, so I think... I think it should all be new information. I think I want to start with a huzzah for defending Long Shadow and ha ha, go get wrecked, Malthoon. I hope they die. <laughs> Malthoon wasn't even attacking. They, yeah, but they will. But, but they will. Trust me. They will. <laughs> they will. It's only a matter of time. It doesn't matter what they actually do. It's only what they will do. Yeah. Or have done. Easy now. I bleed green. <laughs> okay. So, anybody in particular want to start off with the character summary? I could go first. Mine will be quick. Yeah, take it away, Hersk. Yeah, so I mean, Hersk doesn't have a whole lot at level 11. Mostly the only kind of neat thing that he gets is speak with Master, which is kind of neat. Although I think we kind of, well, but we kind of ruled that, like, we probably won't have it quite the way that it reads like raw because he's a verminous hunter. Um, but basically effectively what it is is at 11th level, a hunter and her animal companion can communicate verbally as if they were using a common language. I think the way that me and Jason had talked about it would be that since he's verminous, a verminous hunter, that there might be more of like a greater understanding, but that it won't be like a verbal type communication. Like it would be with a normal hunter. Well, it's just Morse code, so yeah. you just click. It's clicking. It's clicking, yeah. basically. <laughs> um, and that's that's about it. That's all really Hurst gets for level 11. So did he, is a hunter a full BAB, or is that a three-quarter no. BAB? Hunters are uh, three-quarters. Yeah, so he did. it did go up. I mean, plus eight versus plus seven. Nothing like slowing your BAB progression. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's alright. Okay, who's next? Um, I can go. Simple as well. Um, didn't get anything too crazy. Uh, got some just additional spell slots, so I got some kind of cooler spells. Mostly it was just an increase of some of my basic abilities. My Inspire Competence went from a plus 3 to a plus 4. Inspire Courage goes to a plus 3. So I will repeat, Inspire Courage is now a plus 3 for those that maybe want to change oh, their buffs. Oh, oh, do we have some buffs to update? Yep. <laughs> oh, and boy. then uh, <clears throat> I could do Lore Master, my uh, knowledge check nat 20 twice a day now. So Ew. I know there have been multiple occasions where you used it once and wished you had used it at a different time, so that'll be good. Well, 
you know, it's one of those where I feel like it's one of those abilities sometimes you just don't use it because you're waiting for that right moment. But right. Didn't you last session, though, you did wait and you used it on the tower? Yes. And we so, really needed that. <laughs> yeah, because I think it was a pretty high DC and it was maybe it wasn't a crazy high DC, but it made us do significantly more damage. So we wouldn't have been able. I mean, we would have probably had reinforcements. It, it just would have been worse. A lot worse. For sure. Would have been fun. <laughs> sure. No. For you. No. As a GM, it's always better when your players have more information. Did either of you take any uh, interesting feats at this level? 11th level, I think, is, a f- is one of the ones where there's some things locked behind BAB that you might first get access to now. Oh, yeah. I get discordant voice. Oh, okay. So ready. Well, for those who don't know it, so when uh, Joseph uses his bardic performance to create a spell or spell like supernatural effect, which is pretty much going to be all of my uh, bardic performances, allies within 30 feet of me can do additional uh, 1d6 points of sonic damage with successful weapon attacks. So that'll be neat. Um, I guess hers, this will be more pertinent for you, though. Projectile weapons bestow the extra damage in their ammunition, but the extra damage is only dealt if the projectile hits a target within 30 feet of yeah. me. So I think both you you and the target have to be within 30 feet of me to be able to get the bonus. So we, we gotta be tied to the hip, my friend, closer than ever so I can give you little pats on the butt buffs and uh, you can do some extra damage. You're just gonna be like the uh, three-legged race. You guys just have two of your legs tied together so you're always adjacent. Or the Brotherhood of Traveling Pants. Okay, two left. Yeah, well, no, just just like the others, uh, this is kind of not a dead level, but there's not a whole lot of exciting things happening. Get a feat. I took uh, improved shield bash. All that lets me do is bash with my shield without losing my bonus to AC while doing so. It won't even benefit me now, but it will hopefully benefit me later in my uh, planned progression with other feats that I'll take at some point. Uh, I get Religious Speaker, which I thought was a really fun ability. Through intense study, meditation, and discussion with other worshippers, the Exalted has mastered the art of speaking about their faith. What do I get for that? Plus two competence bonus to, to diplomacy. Cool. So, Still, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really flavorful, but there's not a whole lot of uh, power increase. The biggest one uh, was a new level four spell, uh, which I took Purify Body, which is a classic, I think, which kind of uh, will allow us to not die so often. I don't know if I've heard of that one before. So this one, it functions uh, as a healing spell that can do 3d8 plus one per caster level. But in addition, if it overheals, you gain half of that health as temporary hit points. And then it also um, ends any pain effects, removes all physical ability score damage from either strength, constitution, or dexterity. And it removes the following conditions, blinded, dazzled, deafened, nauseated, paralyzed, and sickened. Um, nice. So, yeah, so it's just kind of like, a, ooh, let's keep fighting and not waste a day. And this will hopefully help me not have to expend so many scrolls either to deal with ability damage. Right. So focus on mental ability damage then. Yeah. Okay. That's the, that's the only thing I can't deal with that would cost me resources still. So just keep that in mind. Cool. Cool. And the coolest one. What did not even be cool, but. It was a big level for me because, number one, my base attack bonus is now six, which means I get iterative attacks, which if I had been a fighter, I would have gotten five levels ago, but I'm getting it at a level 11. 
Number two, for Dragon Disciple at level six, I get a plus two to my constitution. So now I have an 18 constitution, which Holy is handy to have. Yeah. That's so much. It's a lot of con. And you add in the D12 hit dice to that, and it's pretty beefy. I also had an increase to my spell casting level. So I am now a sorcerer nine, technically, which means that for Dimension Door, I can now take three other people with me, which still is a problem with the animal companion, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. If no, he has no. another one that can fly, I was going to say it it's not fly. currently a problem. I wouldn't yeah, worry about it. Yeah, but I mean, it is what it is. But I can at least take the important people with me. So that's good. Gideon can figure out his own way. Yeah, that's yeah, I'll true. I'll just walk. I'll walk. <laughs> yeah, he won't falter. No, I've shown off. Yeah, uh, for my feet, I took Expanded Arcana again, which to refresh everybody essentially lets me add additional spells to my spell list. So I can add one spell of my highest level or two spells that are at least one level lower than my highest. So I elected to add two spells that were lower than my highest level. And honestly, I can't even remember all that I chose because there have been so many. Um, I also got additional spells just from increasing a spell casting level. So I've got some new toys to play with. Super excited. And I think that's about it. Oh, one other thing. My electricity resistance went up to 10, which that has never come into play yet. But I'm holding out hope that one of these times we'll fight an enemy that does electricity damage. And I'll be like, I don't think I will. Thank you very much. You have a good one. Cool. Yeah, we will see what all those get you here. Jumping back into the game, though, I think we will start off pretty much exactly where we left off. Um, you had just collapsed the tower and everybody was routing and, and whatnot. Um, you would have had a chance to heal each other, so... If any of you were unconscious, you probably would be brought up in the ensuing moments after uh, last session had ended. But just to recap certain details, uh, you had successfully identified the runes on the Onyx Tower, and uh, they... Uh, let me just read here. You identified the runes marking the tower as Dwarven, extolling glory and honor to the Stone Road which bore our kin through the dark womb of the earth. Glory and honor to Skyseeker Kragadan, who opened the stone road to us with the key. And you noticed additional notes on there in a language, um, in an archaic dwarven uh, tongue that listed uh, thousands of names that were members of Clan, Clan Kragadan who made the quest for Sky long ago alongside far older notes written in Terran, describing unusual arcane formula vaguely familiar in form to spells like Gate and Plane Shift. So that was information that you had identified on the tower that I wanted to reiterate. And one other thing, as the Onyx Tower collapses, you would have seen uh, some items, a wooden desk, several chairs, a latched chest, uh, maps, parchment, figurines, everything just getting flung out the open window as the whole thing begins to fall on its side. And when the dust settles, all of that 
paraphernalia lies strewn across the ground. And uh, I just wanted to make you aware of that as well. So, going back to you guys. You are standing in the remnants of the enemy encampment. All of your enemies slain. And the tower destroyed. What would you like to do? Kieran is going to cast fastidiousness on himself to essentially wipe away all the dirt, dust, grime. He never cast it before because he was trying to conserve spells, but he's going to go ahead and do that now. Yep. yep. As you do that, a couple troops come by. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, jeez. <laughs> You're good. Were any of those heals for Hurst? Because he's also unconscious. I I would I just threw out two random heals, so I, I guess Kieran... Kieran, you got 13, and uh, Hershke got 8. Why not? Still unconscious. Uh, hey, I, 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 I got oh. you, buddy. I can help some people. Though I was running out of resources. I now am looking over my character sheet. Oh, it was getting tight, guys. It was getting tight. We were getting in the meat of it. I I have zero of, of every ability available <laughs> to me. Um, So, uh, just to kind of look around, like, do we, can we see the... Uh, Battle of Long Shadow going on still from the distance, or like make a perception check. Sure, can I take a twenty? Uh, if you'd like to, so you have a plus eleven. Yep, so it'd be a twenty or thirty-one because I add high maths. So yeah, if you take some minutes there, uh, or the other three of you, do you want to do anything while he's looking at the battle there? I'm casting some healing spells. I'm gonna try to bring him all the way up, so you can just have Gideon be doing that. You guys are healing and getting healed, and Jessup is surveying the battlefield there. Jessup, you notice as you're looking, uh, the battle is st- still goes on for a little bit, but it seems it does not take very long before people begin to notice that the tower has collapsed, and it's almost the instant that that is noticed. It's like wildfire throughout the ranks. The hobgoblins begin to waver, and the defenders of Long Shadow begin to push back, taking advantage of that opportunity. They're kind of cheering and rallying, seeing that your mission has seemingly been successful. And the hobgoblins begin to rout, running in pretty much every single direction possible. Um, Some of them are going in groups. Some of them are just running off on their own. And uh, you see a couple of the scouts on the the outskirts are, um, for lack of a way of retreat. Some of them are kind of like diving into the water, trying to swim across to the other side, unbeknownst of the sharks. <gasps> There's only one shark. The river yeah. shark. Yeah, what was his name? He had a name, didn't Something he? Something scale, shiny scales? No. Was it? Wavy she... Davy? Wavy Davy. <laughs> Wavy Davy. So it does appear that the battle is essentially over morale dropped very quickly upon the collapse of that tower. Just will kind of just relay that from looking. Guys, I think uh, I think they're leaving. I think they're retreating. Good news indeed, Jessup. We should probably get out of here in case they want to charge over this way. I um, They might be demoralized, but I'm a little pooped if you know what I mean. Uh, we should make haste. Let's look over the bodies while we're here. Okay, so you leave without looking around. Well, just to be anything. clear, Jason, before we start looting or before we leave... There doesn't seem to be any immediate danger right here, correct? Correct. No, everybody's kind of running away. Okay. So we, yeah. and there's no, the tower is collapsed enough that we don't have to worry about it collapsing yeah, the tower and crushing is us. like on the side. Yeah. 
Okay, then, yeah. So, okay. What is your uh, total spellcraft modifier? My spellcraft modifier is a 14. So if you get aids from everybody, and even if you were to take 10, you'd get most of this by default. So Kosaruk was wearing plus two Elysian bronze breastplate. Uh, this would be large-sized because she was a large-sized creature. Plus one heavy steel shield. Again, large-sized. Plus one thundering warhammer. Large-sized. A belt of mighty constitution. Plus two which I think you've found one or two of already. Yeah, we've got a couple of them. A Cloak of Resistance plus two. The rest of this stuff... Okay, so she did not use her Scroll of Dismissal. She did not use her Scroll of Gastrious Form. She used the rest of these, I think. So that's her. And then what were the other ones? So there were two Iron Fang Guardians. Both of them had plus two chainmail. So these would be medium-sized plus two chainmail times two. Plus one heavy steel shield times two. Masterwork light flail if you wanted that. Uh, they both had cloaks of resistance plus two. And uh, gold unholy symbols of Hadragash if you wanted those. And between the two of them, they had 344 gold pieces. And I think the only other thing of note is if you were to look around the stuff that was flung out of the tower, you'd see that the desk contains sets of cartography depicting the Hollow Hills as well as much of southern Nirmathus. Uh, markers on this map indicate army placements, it seems, and most of them seem to be focused around Longshadow, but several are positioned south near Feindar, and even more sit alongside a single serpentine figure in a region southwest of Longshadow, somewhere in the Minespin Mountains. You could make a knowledge geography check if you'd like relating that area of the map. 32! Nat 20, right off the first roll. Typical Justin behavior. That'll do it. That'll <laughs> do it. Classic Justin. Speaking to himself in the third person. Yep, classic. Hursk. This is information that, I mean, technically Hursk and Jessup probably should know by default, but there is still a check involved. The third area on this map that's marked in the Minespin Mountains just southwest of Longshadow is known as the Valley of Aloy. A-L-O-I. Aloy. It is marked with various notations indicating that Kosaruk operated from this reclusive location for weeks and that a tribe of Morlocks allied to the Legion call it home. This is information that both of you would know. The Valley of Aloy is almost unanimously associated with Morlocks in this area. There is a faded leather map alongside this other map, this parchment map, that indicates several Darklands tunnels that may connect the Morlock-held valley to the Dwarven Sky Citadel of Kragadan. Notes in a completely different handwriting indicate that the Legion succeeded in penetrating the city years ago, but it doesn't hint at their reason for doing so. So that's just information you get off the papers that come from the desk. In the latched chest, you would find various coins, but the sum total amounting to 4,372 gold pieces. And nearby, in immaculate condition, is a single book which exudes a strong magical aura, and this you'd have to roll on. 
rats. Watch me oh. get a natural one. Is anybody going to aid? Roll to aid. I'll roll to aid. Uh, Jessup will not roll, but he will aid. So you get three aids. Roll good for us. 24. It's not good. Below 10. Yeah. So 26, isn't it? 26. With the aids, yes. Okay. Go ahead and roll me a knowledge arcana. Natural 20 for a 34. <laughs> okay. So you don't identify the item, but you would get the uh, school of magic at least. That's literally useless to me. Necromancy! Can we just so, flip-flop those and say I rolled a 34 <laughs> spellcraft and a 20 seems arcana? Fair. That seems so fair. So I'll tell you this. You identify that it has a strong evocation aura, and I'll give you the caster level too, just because it is caster level 17th. <laughs> Ooh. Can Jessup uh, now try identify? If you'd like. Uh, so yep, Jessup will cast identify, and so he will roll again, and that gives me what, plus 10. Gives you a plus 10 to your normal roll, yeah. Are we able to aid on his? Or no, because we've already aided? Uh, I'm going to say no. Okay. Carry it over. Carry our aid over. Oh my goodness gracious. I rolled a nat 2 for a 26. That is the exact same information we got. That is so depressing. You're like, yeah, yeah, this is caster level 17. Uh, <laughs> yep. yep, yep, definitely the same Wait, hold same on, guys, class. I confirm what Kieran said. Yeah, I concur. <laughs> I do not know what this book is. To go back real quick, Jason, when you were talking about the valley that they were in, so I'm assuming, was that the valley that the, like, thousands of troops, supposedly, that were hidden were based at that then? It seems like it was the base of operations for her army, yeah. Side note, I rolled a spellcraft check for Nava, just in case. She rolled a 24. Perfect. Perfect. I will say that I believe you can make a roll every day, correct? Right. That's what we kind of house, house technically rule. You would eventually identify this, but it would take you maybe a day or two to actually succeed on it, because it is DC 32. Okay, so not impossible, though. You would identify it at some point in the coming downtime that we'll get to. You would eventually identify it as a Tome of Clear Thought plus two. What's that do? It is an item that is worth 55,000 gold pieces. Holy cow! Sell it, nobody gets it. Who needs it? Just sell it. This heavy book contains instruction on improving memory and logic, but entwined within the words is a powerful magical effect. If anyone reads this book, which takes a total of 48 hours over a minimum of six days... She gains an inherent bonus of plus one to plus five, in this case a plus two, to her intelligence score. Once the book is read, the magic disappears from the pages and it becomes a normal book. Permanent? Like a permanent plus two to your intelligence? A permanent inherent bonus to your intelligence, yes. Okay, so we probably give it to, to Jessup, right? Not not Kieran. Kieran. Kieran doesn't need that, right? I will say, if the four of you did not choose to use it yourselves... Nava would be particularly interested. Would she pay full price? She'll pay for it, yeah. Is Kieran a uh, intelligence caster? Yes. Oh, okay, just give it to kinda, him. Then. Yeah, it kind of makes sense to give it to him. I'm kidding, I'm not. I'm charisma. I just want Oh, <laughs> get out of here! What do you want it for? I want it so I can learn more languages and... <laughs> I was going to say, you want it so you can learn two new languages. You, you wouldn't learn any languages, I don't think, but you'd get skill For the increase in intelligence, you get languages, don't you? Yeah, but that's specifically when you're, like, first level. It says if you have a modifier, you get languages. Oh, and you, you start. Get languages. Like, you don't learn languages from a headband, I don't think. If you have the ranks to put in linguistics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. For, yeah. If you would it in linguistics, yeah. 
Fine. I need yeah. to beef up my knowledge nobility. What if I said instead that there's a particular magic item that I've wanted that costs about 10,000, and uh, if we could split that up, that'd be nice. That's just tough. Tough crackers. <laughs> Still not going to be enough, though, because it's only going to be 27,000. No, it's a plus two. Yeah, it's a plus two, so it's 55,000. Yeah, but you divide by two. No, he says she'd pay the full price. Nava would pay the full 55,000? No, she'll pay the full, like, sell price. That's what I'm saying. She would pay for 27,500. Like, whatever... So, normally, you wouldn't be able to sell this and Long Shadow because their their highest purchase price is less than this, but Nava will pay, like, the actual half price of it, which is more than you'd find anywhere in Long Shadow. That's true half price. I still have to save money. I like we sell it to Nava, or Navi as I like to call her, for half price, only to then not have any items that we could buy in Long Shadow because one, is completely destroyed for the most part, and two, they probably don't even have it there. Oh, it's okay. I could commission what I want made. That's fine. I just have to wait a couple of days. So, speaking of waiting, I am going to go through like a, a string of information that I have about things that would happen in the ensuing days. We can, once I'm done with all of this, we can backtrack and do any scenes that you'd like to do. Any, like, miscellaneous downtime stuff, depending on what it is, we can do it here, or we can just, like, talk about it after the session, whatever seems most appropriate. But I'll go through this scene, and then we can kind of figure out how many days you'd wait before making your next next move, and, and so on. So, after several long days, however, however many we decide to do, each day spent burying the dead or clearing bodies from the surrounding battlefield, planning reconstruction efforts, all of the various things related to rebuilding the town, Mayor Crawbert would eventually summon the four of you to the town hall. And when you would arrive, you'd see that a crowd fills the street in front of the building, and the mayor stands on a balcony overlooking this throng of people, and he beckons you to come into the building and come up and stand next to him. And he says, Finally, our heroes have arrived. All who stand here can attest that your efforts were crucial to our town's survival. Without you, we would have surely met a swift and brutal end. Our losses still weigh on my heart, as they do for all of the members of our community. But you spared us from a fate most dire, and led us to a victory against the Legion. We have sent them a message they will not forget. Long Shadow still stands, as does Nirmathus. And as the mayor continues his speech, three figures arrive on the balcony. Two men clad in silk robes emblazoned with the crest of Abadar, one clearly a member of the clergy and the other a noble or merchant of some sort. They hold a small closed lockbox between them, and then behind them stands Nava. Uh, the mayor continues, After assessing the damages from the assault and devising a budget to recover our former glory, I and the people of this town have decided a reward commensurate with your heroic deeds. The two men unlatch the lockbox to reveal 1,000 platinum coins. Nava then steps up, holding four cloaks. She hands one to each of you. They are a deep green, trimmed with silver, and with the symbol of Nirmathus, an intricate silver tree with a protruding brass sword stitched on the back. After you each receive a cloak, Nava steps back and the mayor speaks again. These cloaks were crafted by none other than Nava herself and designed by some of our finest seamstresses. I call them the Cloaks of Long Shadow, given to the town's heroes to aid in their future battles. And Nava would explain what these cloaks are. So 
uh, which will be me right now. Each of these cloaks is a cloak of resistance plus two with an additional ability tailored to each of you. We'll go one by one here. Gideon, your cloak allows you to cast the spell Effortless Armor once per day at caster level five. Hey, let's go. Jessa, your cloak can function as a lesser reach metamagic rod twice per day. Ooh. Kieran, your cloak can function as a lesser elemental metamagic rod once per day. Hursk, yours can function as the protective spirit spell for three attacks each day. And I think that's probably the only one that I probably need to explain what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that is. So the protective spirit spell reads uh yada yada so a protective invisible spirit uh defends you against attacks in this case it would be the cloak itself kind of like um dr strange style when a creature makes an attack of opportunity against you the protective spirit makes an immediate attack using your base attack bonus plus your dexterity modifier on a successful hit the spirit does no damage but it causes the attack of opportunity to automatically miss so basically, three times per day, the cloak can make an attack, an opposed attack roll, pretty much against your target's AC, to try to prevent attacks of opportunity. I like it. Okay, that's cool. How many reach uh, charges did I have, Jason? Sorry. You can use your cloak twice per day. And how many was the protective spell? For three attacks per day. How long did it take you to uh, find like tailored specific spells or abilities for each of our builds? Uh, it didn't take terribly long. I knew pretty much what I was going to do for Gideon because he wears heavy armor and whatnot, so it made sense. I knew pretty much for Jessup what I was going to do. Hursk didn't take me too long, but I like I kind of stumbled across that one, and I thought it was kind of neat. That's neat. I went through a couple possibilities with Kieran. Uh, like I was like one that did like a permanent increase to overcoming spell resistance and that st- stuff, but I thought it was more interesting maybe to do elemental because that would give him more versatility even though he's been trying to vary his attacks to a certain degree, but this should help out quite a bit. So it didn't take too long, but I, I played around with a couple options. I didn't want them to be wildly powerful, but I didn't want them to be like Cloak as a Resistance plus two, and that'd be it. Here you go. I wanted it to be a, a unique thing. The book gives an item. The book says that Nava will give, I think it's like a, a breastplate of command or something, but it was like, I didn't feel like it was going to really be worth it to almost anyone. Uh, Yeah, Breastplate of Command. So I kind of looked at the cost of that, and I was like, I'll maybe find something that's comparable in value, but maybe a little bit more interesting. What did he call these? Priceless. Cloaks of... So this is just... The mayor dubbed them the Cloaks of Long Shadow, given to the town's heroes to aid in their future battles. But after after Nava would explain their abilities a little bit to you, he would... the, The mayor would then continue saying... I hope that you will continue to defend our nation. Should you ever find yourselves in Long Shadow in the future, you'll always have a place to stay, free of charge. And you may even find discounts for any supplies you need. He gives a, a wink and then a slight bow, as does the rest of the crowd on the streets. Says, Again, we sincerely thank you for your efforts and sacrifices on our behalf. We will not forget this debt. And with that, all of... My preparation for the conclusion of the defense of Long Shadow is done. In game terms, you got a, I think it was a, I don't think it was a heroic, you got a victory. So there were a bunch of options. There was a great victory, victory, costly victory, 
uh, Pyrrhic victory and loss, and you got a victory. Oh, that must have been so hard to get a great victory then. You were, I believe, like two points away. Oh, why would you tell me that? Ugh. What did we miss? You were incredibly close. If we hadn't let, uh, what's-his-face completely mutilate the first wall on day one, we'd probably been all right. There were three or four minor checks that you did miss. That is true. Yep. Um, you you did things almost flawlessly. There were just a very few things that uh, took you down from the the 150-plus ending defense points. You know, between all the stress that we had to go through for those sessions, I'm pretty satisfied with a standard victory. So, yeah. Yeah, I will. So this is what it says for this. So the defense was successful, but the town suffered from the attack. The survivors struggled to tend to the wounded and clear the dead from the streets. While there is... Uh, yeah, we'll skip to that bit. Vendors can reopen their shops within 1D three weeks. I'm just going to say one week. And permanently offer the PCs a 5% discount on all goods they sell. The PCs always have a home and shelter in Long Shadow. So I'm assuming it was like 10% or something silly for the Great Victory. That's so uh, close. Great Victory was 10%, yeah. Yeah, that's so close. Be two points away. That's, that's That makes me hurt. That makes me realize, though, how important it was to disrupt each of the camps, though. Yep. That, yep. that seemed like literally if you don't do that, <laughs> oof. A costly victory, you would have gotten 50% discount on food and lodging only. A Pyrrhic victory, you'd have gotten... Oh, so the, the cost of everything would actually increase. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you guys suck it to pay me more. And a loss... A loss is most of Long Shadow's population is captured and killed by Iron Fang forces. The town's industry falls under the control of the Legion. Additional reinforcements arrive soon. This may require you to make changes to subsequent volumes of the Adventure Path. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> sounds, sounds, like it does, sounds like it would. It sounds like you're not supposed to get that one. So if we had like TPK'd against Kosarek, I mean, how do we pick up from there? Would that have been considered a loss? I would say you could lose the campaign. I would just say, no, well, JSP No, lost. I had something in my head. I was going to, I forget what my plan was. Something like either you were going to take control of the Pathfinders and Rizarin, or I was going to come up with some backup party. And the penalty was going to be like, I was going to immediately deduct like 20 or 30 defense points and then give you a second chance. So at that point, you probably would have gotten a costly victory, but I still would have given the possibility for winning. I just let the campaign die there. Sorry, guys, you lose. We only made it to like three or four. We, or whatever. We would have been fine if you would have let uh, Josh take uh, control of Robin with throwing bombs. Yeah, we would have got it. <laughs> we would have had it. He's our bomber man. Ooh, it's a good. It's a good feeling, though. We did it. Yeah. Uh, is there any specific scenes that you guys want to do? I know of one, and we'll save that probably for just before you guys actually leave Long Shadow on your next steps. But I don't know if there's any others. I have one for Hursk. I had one as well for Jessup. I don't have one planned out, but I have something I want to do. So let the others go first and I'll keep brainstorming. I just had something Kieran was going to do during downtime, but it's not like an official scene. Okay. So Hursk, we can do yours. Yeah. So, and I assume Hursk would have related this to everyone and kind of discussed it a little bit, but um, he's not bringing, after the battle, he's not going to bring Titan back. Um, he's going to choose to bury Titan. And so the scene would be like basically him walking to a, a hill outside of Long Shadow. 
and finding like a nice pleasant place to bring the corpse of Titan and he digs a nice grave for him and puts a little a little stone there and then just solemnly stands next to it but carved in the stone Hersk would have had a, a poem that he had written about Titan just kind of carved into the stone and it, and it reads a soft bed of grass nurtures your hardened spirit with emerald blades you stood your ground firm better beetle never was a battle now won rest now in the hill your presence is now gone but your spirit lives on and that's kind of written on the the tombstone there out of curiosity would you go to like a a lone hill or would you go to the the established graveyard of long shadow probably the established graveyard of okay. long shadow yeah so yeah if you were to like oh that's ask, right it's right outside the town yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so if you were to ask the mayor so like a, it, it did sustain some damage a lot of the gravestones got trampled and whatnot but if you were to ask the mayor he would give you like a plot to to do with as you wish in the grave in the graveyard there and you could set up whatever you would like for titan remembered as a hero of long shadow yeah then hers would definitely do that set it up with a little poem on it that's all i had prepared for for hersk okay anybody else is there an art guild um or uh some kind of artisan shop in long shadow so i don't believe there is any sort of art guild in long shadow i have a handout that has all of the points of interest i'm trying to find it in the uh pdf that i have here let's see long shadow has uh, the town hall, the one in, there's a bunch of foundries. So this town is far more interested in the, uh, what would you call it? Engineering, smithing, the trades than it is the arts. There's a fairy graveyard, smithies, multiple smithies, the docks. There's a, so yeah, there's like a trading post. There's the one guy's alchemical store. I don't know if they have anything dedicated to the arts here. There's the Redcliffe Schoolhouse, which might be the closest you're gonna get. Uh, is there a um, a shrine to Shaylin or anyone who worship uh, a church or anything like that around? I imagine they have. If they don't have a dedicated shrine, they probably have a, a shared shrine somewhere for any deities that are not major in the um, town. He'll seek out a cleric then, because Shaylin's associated with the arts, so maybe you can find somebody there. Um, and if he does, uh, he wants to uh, work on a piece that he thinks his his skills are not good enough to capture um, and rebrand. Uh, he's had painted armor for this whole time, and so he's going to go ahead and um, paint over his shield, actually. Uh, previously, it had the symbol of the Inheritor and Milani uh, kind of entwined uh, together. And he's going to paint that over and add the arms of Nermathis to the face of the shield. So the tree, uh, the sword is going to make look like the blade of the inheritor with a sun above it. And then a blood rose at the base of the trees and the roots will look like they're soaping up, uh, so soaking up blood. So, you know, from the fallen warriors and the sacrifices that were made, you know, something beautiful will come out of this. Uh, and so he spends whatever downtime we have working on that. Uh, if he has to do it all himself, that's fine. But if he can find somebody to help him, um, that's what he's doing with the bulk majority of this downtime. Yeah, you could find a uh, priest of uh, Shellen there. It wouldn't be anyone of fame or renown, but 
it would be more of a like a uh, a lower level cleric sent to this fairly remote area uh, to represent that deity. But you you find this this female cleric there, and she is more than happy to help you with anything that you need, be it poetry or or artistry or pretty much anything. Yeah, so uh, he actually worships Shaylin. He just has been kind of quiet in her devotion, uh, seeing as how war <laughs> has been on the forefront of his mind. So he'll spend a lot of time there trying to um, appreciate the beauty and see, hopefully, the good that can come out of this situation, um, trying to just regain focus for why he's fighting. Um, and that's what he spends most of his downtime doing. Sounds good. Jessup, I believe you had something? Yeah, at a, at a couple moments. I probably, um, during the scene after the mayor chatted with us, probably been a good time. I guess if everybody leaves, Jessup would want to uh, chat with the mayor for a few moments afterwards. Okay. So, be like, uh, so, uh, mayor, I guess uh, what's done is done. Yes. I believe that we have done a, a good job defending the town. You have done a good job defending the town. I can't thank you enough. Don't sell yourself short there. A couple things off of what you said. Well, I know it's a little too soon, but I'm uh, thinking once... We're all done with everything, you know, me and the crew. You might be looking for an advisor, so I figured maybe I can toss my hat in the ring if you're looking for somebody to help with, you know, anything. Yes, I, I'm sure there would be no one that would even run against you. I think we hold elections still. Well, I'll, uh, I'll put my, my resume out there. I'll get it all brushed up for when I return. And second... Um, I know you had uh, mentioned, so generous of you, that uh, we always have a place to stay here, if, um, you know, at no cost. Is it, does that mean I don't have to pay taxes anymore? Um, we can we can negotiate that. I, I'm sure that the town wouldn't be too upset about that arrangement. As I said, you, you have done a great deal for us. Just kind of big time laughs and just kind of slaps on the show. I'm just I'm just joshing you. But, uh, no, seriously, I think, oh, these past few weeks, taking a toll on this old man's body, I, th I think I'm getting to a point here that, uh, I need to kind of settle down. I mean, only in a few more months I'll be 53, and, you know, you get some stat changes along with that age. So, be a little tuckered out. Just wake up one day and I'll just feel more frail, you know what I mean? Ah, uh, yes, I, I don't envy you in that regard. I think you've done remarkably well despite <laughs> your age. Thank you? Well... When everything's, uh, you know, when this is over and we've finally defeated the Legion, which uh, we will, then I'll come back and uh, I will help be your consultant. Indeed. I look forward to your wisdom. Jessup walks out. <laughs> that was almost a dump stat, too. Yeah, he's getting his future ready there. Yep. Just set up retirement. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I just I just had a few words here. I don't know if it would be like how a scene I could just imagine when we get back and the mayor might want to, you know, I could see him probably addressing the town like they would kind of gather and he would address the town or at least something like that just to kind of talk and, and um, give an update. Uh, but I had prepared a few words that Jessup could deliver to those in attendance of the city. Yeah, you could have, after the award ceremony kind of ended, you would have had a time if you wanted to address the whole crowd there. Jessup would, I'm not going to bellow, but he would be, he'd be bellowing out to the crowd, essentially, but uh, people of Long Shadow, the battle is finally over. We have won, but not without cost. Fathers, mothers, sons, and daughters of Nirmathas have paid the price, but in the end, we were victorious. 
Every citizen of Longshadow played a role in the battle. Those on the front lines pushed back the waves of opposition. Wounded and exhausted, they stood firm. Those not on the front lines do not think that you are not of value. Your love and support that you provided helped drive those in combat to keep fighting and to not falter. My party of mighty warriors would have not been able to succeed and push into enemy territory without all of our friends and allies giving us support back home. There will be time to grieve, but we must push forward. We have an opportunity to rebuild Long Shadow and make it better than it ever was. We are Namathi, we are stubborn, we stand tall, and we will continue to call Long Shadow our home. Then he bows and walks off stage. As you do that, the whole crowd would probably begin cheering and, and celebrating. There's still a, a, a bit of grief that's noticeable in the air, but even those that clearly lost loved ones, they do still cheer with the hopefulness for the future. That's all I had for Jessup at this point. Okay. Karen, did you have anything? So during all of this, Kieran has kind of been quieter than normal, I think, and almost awkward. So if people come up and thank him for things or I don't know he's just kind of shakes it off and he's kind of awkward about it and kind of uncomfortable and I was going to have him do something he was going to try to purchase some things but I think now that he's not going to be able to to do what he wants to do in town because it's kind of destroyed so I think in the meantime in his spare time he will be sitting in either his room at the inn or in a quiet place in town and he has a sketchbook and he's sketching and he's not very good so you know if you pan over his shoulder you can see there are drawings that are scribbled out and then he starts over again and it, it's hard to tell exactly what he's drawing but it's almost like he's trying to design something and that'll be mostly what he works on for the time being and then he will spend time trying to help rebuild the town and uh, lend his strength wherever it's needed so nothing major just kind of doing a couple of things while we wait to decide where we go from here so yeah you guys spend some time doing all of your various activities i will say in addition uh during the time that long shadow rebuilds you would have plenty of time to gather information about where to go next and kind of follow up with Nava and the mayor and whatnot on some of the things that you found at the Onyx Tower. So you would easily discover, which I think you already, you, you made the check, so you already know most of this, but you would easily discover that the locals of the Hollow Hills universally associate Morlocks with the forbidding location called the Valley of Aloy, which matches the location on the map that you found. Uh, which Kosara likely operated her army out of. Uh, local legends tell of rich bounties abandoned thanks to the valley's vicious storms, territorial beasts, and flesh-eating Morlocks. And almost every miner across the Hollow Hills can tell a tale about a cousin's friend's sister who once spotted some time-worn treasure like from the lip of the valley, only to be chased off by some monster or another. After talking to some people about this information, Aubryn, Sirio, and the mayor would suggest investigating that area for either because it is likely to be reinforced, making it a good target for a retaliatory attack, 
or be abandoned, possibly leaving behind valuable intelligence. And you do also have that note that mentions a possible passageway from the Valley of Aloy to Kragadan somehow. It doesn't give a specific path, but it just mentions that there is one which could be useful, and Nava would especially suggest investigating that as the Onyx Tower seems to be tightly woven with Kragadan in some way or another. Um, you would know that the Valley of Aloy is kind of off the common trail, but it's pretty simple to reach from Long Shadow. It's about a five-day journey through rough hills and mountainous switchbacks, about 20 miles southwest of town, near the base of the Minespin Mountains. Untamed uh, mountains and sheer granite walls render it fairly inaccessible, except to wilderness-savvy travelers or those assisted by magic, though flight is not advised as the valley is known for being the nest of many a drake and rock. So that is all information that you would gather just through general discussion with the other uh, NPCs. And uh, like I said, many of them would suggest investigating that area for the aforementioned reasons. I don't know how many days your group would decide to stay in Long Shadow or if you'd want to make your way out fairly quickly it would probably take a couple weeks before the town's rebuilt into a really good position um it's just up to you and what you'd like to do i think after a, a week goes by karen would start to get restless and he would find the others and try to get us all into the same area together and he would say well i hate to say it since we've found a comfortable place to sleep for the past few weeks but Looks like we've got to head out again, out into the wilds. Not looking forward to it, but I don't think there's anything to gain from just staying here. The Legion's still out there, killing people. Somebody's got to stop them, and I don't know of anyone else that can do it except for us. I don't disagree with you as much as I want to stay here and make sure we get uh, Long Shadow completely up back on its feet. You know, the more time we spend here trying to rebuild, the more time the Legion could be you know, reinforcing back that location or whatnot. I guess I'm ready when you guys are. How how many days have passed before this interaction? Kieran waited seven days. Oh yeah, okay. After seven days, uh, Gideon is a hundred percent ready to go. Yeah, so Hersk will just respond. Uh, he'll go. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm good to travel with you for now. Uh, I will be honest. After the battle, I uh, we had some close calls, and I I think I think I'm ready to try going home soon. Maybe maybe try to return to Skelp next uh next short while you know i'm along with jess up here you know you don't you don't last forever and i miss my i miss my home and i miss my people do you think skelt's still there well i i don't see it falling uh, if they couldn't achieve taking long shadow i doubt they'd take skelt but maybe suppose we'll have to see mildly offended <laughs> i mean you can be but i gotta feel like the more industrious town of skelt is probably still there versus the second most industrious town of Long Shadow. Also, there's a bunch of dwarves in Skelt. Like, they're just superior fighters. Let's be honest. Says, says the dwarf that went down in battle. <gasps> no, that's true. That's true. That is fair. <laughs> the two humans. Oh, no, he's half. He's half human. See, dwarves are failing fighters, though. So if you have a dwarf by himself, he's not going right. to be as effective. But right. if you get, like, a pod of yeah. dwarves. 
then... A pod. That's how we fight, in pods. Yeah. Well, I guess, um, Jessup would say, well, is there maybe any reason that the Legion would want to take over Skelt as well? Oh, uh, I haven't been to my home in years, but if they were interested in taking Long Shadow for its its foundries and such, uh, they'd certainly want Skelt. Skelt has more. And it has mines. More mines than, than Long Shadow. Well, and that's the thing, is it is probably a very defensible position, but if they can just erect these towers anywhere, yeah, I mean, just like from the stories I heard of Feindar, just right in the middle of it, just... Well, yeah, I mean, that's up to you, Hursk. I can't blame you for wanting to go back home. It's been a long time since I've been back home, so I can understand that feeling. Not right away. We can we can travel to the Morlocks area if we want, but just want to make it clear, make it known that the battle really awoken some stuff in me, and I'd like to try and reconcile with my people. Oh, well, forgive me, but I know that you buried Titan, but are you going to find another companion? Uh, that was the plan. Uh, I, I was going to you know, go out in the wilderness and try and locate another companion to travel with. Uh, I typically like to find them fairly, fairly young, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I was thinking perhaps I'd go into the wilderness and spend some time there and then maybe travel back to, to Skelt. Fair enough. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll find something interesting on the way. Could be. So yeah, he's good to go. Yeah, so it sounds like probably uh, one week in town, and then you guys are ready to head out. So before you all leave Long Shadow, there is one more scene that we can handle here. I've got one small things too. During one of those times, uh, Gideon just wants to keep his finger on the pulse with the mayor and incoming news about the war, because although... We've survived a siege now and are kind of recuperating. I think that Gideon has felt uh, reinvigorated towards this is where he's supposed to be. And just like uh, Kieran, after about a week, he's ready to go and do something else. Surely there's other people dying while he's sitting around. So he's just trying to, you know, constantly be in contact and figure out what they should be doing. All right. Any final bits? Going once, going twice. Sold. Brandon, would you kick us off on this scene? Well, I mean, this place looks about as good as any. Jessup turns to Leildrith, a tall elf with ebony skin and pure white hair. Compared to his short stature, she towers over him. Her amber eyes glow with delight as she looks around the open field. Yes, this this will do nicely. She takes a few steps forward and begins to motion with her hands as if creating imaginary boundaries. The house can go here... And the garden over here, uh, the children can run and play in the meadow, and during the hot days, they can take a dip in the river. Jessup grins. Children? How many are you thinking? Well, we'll have to keep an eye on them. I hear there's a shark in that river. At least, that's what an old man at the docks said. The two laugh as they continue to survey the area. Well, uh, one step at a time, my dear. First, we need to build a house. I'll talk with Brock, see if I can have him draw up some plans. He's got an eye for this sort of thing. Me? I'll start a small garden. Uh, right over here, right? Mildred nods. That'd be a lovely spot. Jessup takes a step back. I can already see it. He closes his eyes and sees a field of sunflowers before him. A sea of yellow that eventually meets the blue sky at the horizon. The sun beats down and he feels the warmth in the air. 
But as moments pass, the air gets thinner, colder. It starts to carry a faint smell of decay and smoke. The sky turns ash gray, and the flowers wilt away. Jessup opens his eyes once more, standing in front of a crumpled gravestone and a garden trampled by battle. He mutters under his breath, Those were Lulder's favorites. Lulder's gravestone once stood tall in a bed of flowers, but now lies broken at his feet. Where did things go wrong? I don't even know what to do anymore. Jessup sighs. <sighs> but there's no use grieving here. You wouldn't want to see me like this. The soft sound of footsteps grows and Jessup feels a gaze on his back. He turns to face his son. Rizrin. Rizrin stares back almost blankly at him and the gravestones. There's a lot I need to tell you. Rizrin opens his mouth to speak, but Jessup holds up a hand, shaking his head. No, I need you to listen. I know I'm not the father you deserve, but I'm the only one you got. I'm sorry I was never around much when you were growing up. I wish things were different. There's so much um, that I wish I could change, but I can't. I'm getting older. Who knows how much time I have left? But I need to keep moving forward and get myself a purpose. That's the motto I've always tried to live by. Everything that I've done and everything I do now is to create a better Nirmathas. A better life for you and your mother. Trust me, not a moment's passed that I didn't think of you too. When I left recently, I wanted to see if I can get you recruited into the Rangers. Get you a family that you could be a part of. But that didn't work out so well. Jessup laughs nervously. <laughs> you know, uh, when I found out the Legion was going to the Hollow Hills, nothing was going to stop me from coming back to you. I had nightmares of losing you. I'm glad you made it through. But now I have to let go. I have to let go of this feeling that I need you to accept me. After seeing you in action, I see you can handle yourself without my pestering. Just know I will always be rooting for you. I'm proud of the man that you have become. You know, I hate to say it, but I'm going to have to leave again soon. More unfinished business. I don't know when I'll be back, or if I will. But promise me that whatever happens, whatever path that you choose, you'll look in the mirror and see yourself for the proud man that you've become. The two stand in silence. Moments pass without a word. The clouds part, and the sun shines through on the crumpled homestead. Jessup turns to Leildrith's gravestone once more, and then Rizrin speaks. The Pathfinders said they'd put in a good word for me when they get back to Tamron. They asked me to think about joining. He pauses for a moment, as if unsure of what to say next. I haven't made up my mind yet. I, I never really felt home in Long Shadow, to be honest. Figure their offer's probably the best one I'll get. Jessup smiles bitterly as Rizarin continues, but I don't think I can go anytime soon. Jessup's eyes widen slightly, and he turns to face his son again. Rizarin motions around the area, as if drawing imaginary boundaries. If you're heading out again, someone's gotta work on getting this place fixed up. Otherwise, you wouldn't have any place to go when you finally finish your business, right? Jessup's vision blurs slightly. Something catches his eye, a lone sunflower, hidden right behind the broken gravestone, illuminated now by the sun. He faces Rizarin again and motions to the sunflower. You know, if that gravestone hadn't fallen, that flower would have been hit. Sometimes you just need to take a different perspective in life to enjoy all of its beauty. Your mother is still rooting for both of us. He begins to walk towards the remain of his house. I guess I'll see you when I get back. Yeah, Rizarin says as he turns back towards town. See you then, Dad. And with that, the four heroes 
begin their journey out of Long Shadow to the Valley of Aloy. As I said, it's about a five-day trip to get there. 20 miles through mountainous terrain switchbacks. The Mindspin Mountains are, I guess they'd kind of be the closest thing to like the Rockies. Or would it be better to do like one of the other mountains, like the Alps? I don't know what the best mountain range to compare them with would be. How big? Are these are the mind spins you said? The mind spin mountains, yes. Oh, we're going there? Those are huge. Yeah, I'm not they're big ones. They're, these are probably closer to the Alps. So after a couple days travel, you would eventually get to the Valley of Aloy. It wouldn't take, uh, it wouldn't be too dangerous. I mean, some information that you would be aware of especially, I'll say, given your previous knowledge geography check, you would know that the Valley of Aloy during the day is covered in perpetual fog that rolls off the mountains and covers, like, the whole valley, effectively like a fog cloud over the whole area. You know that the fog thins as the sun begins to set and completely disappears for roughly two hours prior to nightfall. So, I mean, Hearst would be able to tell you that you've basically got a two-hour window each day to explore the valley with reliable line of sight. And then after that time, it becomes dark, at which point the Morlocks and the Predators usually come out and begin their rounds. And, of course, prior to that, you have the fog to deal with that you would have to somehow find a way to pierce through to know where you're going. But I will move us on... Roll 20 to the Valley of Aloy map, which I think I have hidden somewhat. Yes, you have it partially hidden. We can see that we're in the Mindspin Mountains, but the valley is not yet revealed. Yes. So the very back of this image, the like waterfall, the straight thing. wall back here, that's the Mindspin Mountains. Like it just, you go from valley and suddenly like boom, mountain. I will describe the many, many, many things that you see from the lip of the valley. I say that you would arrive for convenience sake. You'll arrive pretty much at that, um, uh, like an hour or two before the window where everything is a good line of sight. So for the time being, all of the darkness on the map is the fog. Um, and within like an hour or two, it'll start to clear up, giving you a little bit of time to explore. But for the time being, the rough animal path that you've been following abruptly ends at the head of a fog-shrouded mountain valley. Hills rise to the east and west, with a near-vertical face of the Mindspin Mountains barring the way further north. Water rushes down the sides of the mountain, carried by crumbling aqueducts, before pouring into a tumble-down ruin. Grass and weeds choke the ground ahead, with interspersed rocks and the occasional black pool or pillar of stone. The valley stretches on for thousands of feet, eventually plunging into a deep crevice at the base of the northern mountains. A few wooden buildings, you wouldn't see this quite yet, but as soon as the fog clears, a few wooden buildings here, if I'm pinging on the map, if you can see it, I don't know if I'm on the right, the right layer. Yeah, we yep. can see it. Yeah, okay. we can see it. Right there, a few wooden buildings, far fewer than the stone ruins littering the other, the northern end, huddled to the southwest, while a creaking, weather-grade wooden tower peaks above the fog near the valley's center. I'll describe the tower a little bit because you can see it above everything. 
from actually from the distance you are currently 5,000 feet away so I'll take that back you can see the tower but you don't get any details beyond that you'd have to look closer at it it looks like there might be a light coming from it but it's hard to say if that's like a like a fire or just maybe like the sun reflecting off a piece of metal it's from this distance it's hard to say but there's like a light coming from that structure somewhere so that is what you see at the lip of the valley here would you guys probably wait for the fog or would you go in there while the fog is there and kind of trust navigational skills to get where you'd want to be the only point of interest you can currently technically see is the tower and I guess the ruins at the other other end which are about 8,000 feet away Jessup wouldn't really be able to see too well so I guess he will leave that up to those who can navigate if they wanted to wait or when we go Kieran stops and he says if I take one more step it's the furthest away from home that I've ever been <laughs> really? no I'm just kidding I say we were pretty far the other direction yeah I know so yeah I guess Kieran will start to head in I, I suppose yeah Hirsch will follow once the fog clears or while it's still there? Once the fog clears, okay. probably. So once the fog clears, I'll just I'll just reveal the rest of the area here. Boom. It's the rest of the area that you see. So you would see, again, um, I think I mentioned this, uh, the wooden buildings down here in the corner. And then you would see the big tower there in the center that had some sort of light that you weren't totally sure of. And then the ruins to the north. Well, we're here to scope out Legion activity, I suppose, so shall we start by checking out those wooden buildings and see if there's anyone there? Maybe they have information for us. Any objections? Sure. Hurst, you're the woodsy guy, so... He'll lead the way. Roll a survival check. You got it. I can try to aid. Joseph can attempt to aid. I got a 29. Make that a 31. I got a 16. So I did aid. Oh, 13. I aid as well. 33. So yeah, with that, you're able to get quite a bit of information here. So I think three pieces of information. Number one, you don't see any tracks leading to the wooden buildings. Number two, you do see tracks leading north, probably towards the tower or maybe the ruins. And they're fresh tracks. Three, you notice tracks of more monstrous humanoid tracks, likely Morlocks, that are kind of go a number of different directions, because this is a, this valley, you get the impression that Morlocks walk around this place a lot. And those tracks tend to either originate or go to the north as well. But they are distinctly different than the other fresh tracks that you see. So that's the information you find with that survival check. Hirsch would be like, uh, looks like the Morlocks have uh, headed toward that tower we saw in the distance, but uh, I don't know. Do we want to check out the wooden huts first and then make our way to the tower? We, we don't have a ton of time. As you guys might be aware, we only have a couple hours a day of good visibility. Yeah, so at your speeds, the fastest speed for your group is 20 feet? Yeah. Okay. The fastest so speed? Sorry, slowest. <laughs> okay. I knew okay. I knew what he meant, Sarah. Shut your mouth. 
Yeah, I wasn't gonna be. I don't know. I was like, excuse me. Uh, Jessup's going at a ten speed here. <laughs> One hour over land speed at twenty feet is two miles. So with that, you'd be able to get four miles in a day, which is like roughly twelve hundred feet, right? So you could almost get everywhere in a single day. Oh uh, yeah, if you hustle, you'd the, yeah you'd be able to do yeah, it in one day. It's also not taking into consideration time that we would take scouting either. Also, why wouldn't we go this way first? Well, I'm, I was saying he was saying to detour. I was like, if you went this way, you could still do it in one day. If you did it this way, you could yeah still do it in. You could go in almost any order, and you could get to everything probably in one day if you just hustled for the first hour and that's it. But how many hours do we have visibility? Two, and then it's nightfall. Wait, you're saying it's four hours a day? It's two hours a day that you can you can reliably see things, which means you can travel four miles. Yeah, just like a hiking pace. What if yeah. we just go to the uh, little huts there because there's no footprints in or out, so hopefully there's going to be no warlocks, and we can rest there, and then the next day when we got those two hours, then go up to the um, little tower there and then up to the ruins. I'm fine with that, or I'm honestly fine to hustle a bit and keep moving. I'll trust you, Hersk. You're the one most familiar with these lands. Uh, well, I mean, we, we have enough time to make it to the tower for sure. Uh, I just didn't know if we wanted to look into this. Is it like a village? Is that what it is? It's a bunch of wooden buildings. You don't know if it's a village or if it's something else. But We're here for information, so I didn't know if maybe there'd be some information in these wooden buildings. Uh... Leave it up to the group. We should be thorough, would be my vote. So not hustling. Well, the other thing is, so the tracks that lead north to the tower in the ruins, you said were fresh tracks. They were not they monstrous? They look recent. They were not monstrous humanoid? Correct. They were they were different than the Morlock tracks. The Morlock tracks are a mixture of fresh and old because they're just all over the place here. Uh, these tracks, because you rolled high enough, you noticed distinctly different tracks that look like they might be maybe a day or so old. That's eh, probably pushing it. They're relatively recent heading in that direction. Because my only thing is, if they're fresh tracks, I don't know if it's somebody good or bad, but we could miss out on a lead if we wait too long. So that's the only reason why I almost would advocate for going to the tower first, but I don't really have a good reasoning behind that. To the tower first. On sure. the slim chance it's humans in need of help. Yeah. Let's go good to argument. The tower. That's a good argument. We could we could still always go to the tower first, then we're close enough yeah. that we can we can still go to the wooden huts. Backtrack. Tally ho! Okay. So you're going to the uh, the tower first. Yes. Okay. But in in pure Iron Fang fashion, let's talk about it for another half an hour, and then we'll actually go to the wooden village first. Yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> we end up going to the wooden village. We always tell Jason that we do one thing, and then we're like, "Yeah, actually, no, we're doing this. No, we're no, going it's to fine. the tower. This time, Sarah, you were right. Your idea was better. Well, we'll, well see what that we remains there. to be seen. <laughs> so, you guys head in that direction, and as you get closer, a couple hundred feet away, you see that this appears to be maybe a ruined excavation site. Uh, you see four smashed carts that lie haphazardly around a precariously leaning scaffold of weathered gray wood. The structure stands about 
10 feet wide, uh, over a 10 feet wide drop in the ground. Uh, scattered bones are visible amid the wreckage, along with shreds of tattered clothing caught on wooden splinters uh, or firmly held by some of the rocks. But you also see several figures standing around this excavation site. The majority of them are fairly short, like 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 the height of halflings. Uh, but they're all cloaked. All of them are cloaked, hooded, like dark little figures that are standing around here, around these carts that look like they've been recently kind of wrecked. Um, I think two of them might be normal humanoid size, I think. Um, but the majority of them are, are, are shorter. Um, they don't appear to have seen you. They are fairly focused on uh, the carts at the moment. Kieran's going to elbow Hursk and say, Hursk, do they look familiar to you at all? Are they your people? Uh, so when you say halflings, I mean, halflings are real short, aren't they? Uh, yeah, halflings are like... Um, so dwarves are still medium-sized, technically. Yeah. Uh, they're like four, to net, four and a half or so feet. Halflings, I think, are like three feet. Uh, I don't... Unless they're very short or children i don't think so uh maybe he's just a tall dwarf might be gnomes uh, i don't know i suppose we could get closer and try and right sorry i i didn't mean to be insensitive about it it's, oh, just... it's not insensitive i just they'd have to be yeah. quite short for dwarves which <laughs> isn't tough but maybe children i don't know let's go find out all right sounds yes. good cloak children this will bode well this will be fine this will be fine cloak children it's the two children from before. It's the kids from <laughs> this the is woods. Their, this is their cult of assassins. Okay. Let your imaginations run wild there. <laughs> oh, I um. will. I'm telling you, those kids are going to come back book six. Everybody's going to be so surprised. Not me. So as you guys approach, uh, you get close enough that your your presence becomes known to this this group of one, two, three... 16 creatures and as they see you 12 of these creatures kind of duck and cover they like kind of shout and duck and cover behind the carts and four of the figures kind of draw weapons and begin to like form a line in front of the carts and one of the figures uh, a very short female creature that you can roll a knowledge local check to identify I got a 12, knowledge local. No, I don't think that's going to do it. 15? 15. Uh, let me see what the base version of this creature is. I weirdly don't have knowledge local. I know nothing of the locality. 25 for Jessup. 25, okay, I will no longer look up what it was. With a 25, Jessup, you definitely identify this creature as a female Sverf Neblin. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I knew that. So you know how, like, drow are like Darklands elves, Duragar are like Darklands dwarves, Sverf Neblins are like Darklands gnomes. Ah, called it! I called it! Gnomes! So this female figure kind of takes a couple steps closer to you and kind of raises her voice. Who are you and, and what's your business here? What is she speaking in common? She is speaking in common because she recognizes that you're mostly humans, it looks like. Joseph kind of puts his hands up, you know, just kind of like the 
you know, freeze. Just, oh, oh, yeah, we just, uh, traveling, scoping stuff out. We mean nobody any harm. Are you guys okay over there? Uh, let me see. What is her sense motive? I suppose you would like me to roll a diplomacy check, or? Yeah, roll a diplomacy check. I want to see if she's good at, oh, plus 12. Yeah, that's pretty decent. We've met these types of, of people before. The, uh, the, uh, haven't we? So here's my question. Am I correct in thinking that Kieran is the only one who was really at Mist Home? Yes. Okay. I think that. Wait, no, no. We spent so much time at Mist Home. There's no way Kieran is the only one with a connection there. Gideon was never at Mist Home, and I mean, Jessup was... was at Mist Home briefly. I know Jessup was briefly there. I don't know if he was there at the same time that this individual was there. Probably not. He was only there enough to, like, talk to Auburn and stuff. And then we went right back up to Fort Travelay. So I'm going to say that of the four of you, yeah, you guys don't recognize this figure except for Kieran, who does. Kieran, you actually recognize this figure. I believe you are the only one who would have seen her as Navi, the Sverf Neblin Darklands oh. traitor that came to Mistholm, I think, twice on her, like, month-long circuit through wherever the heck she goes to trade. So, Jessup, you're kind of speaking, trying to calm things down, and as you do, she's kind of looking at the four of you. She sees Kieran kind of squints a little bit, and she says, Oh, I, uh, I remember you. You were, uh, in that one cave with all the other, uh, humans and, and whatnot from the nearby town or whatever the, the heck... What, uh, didn't expect to see you way out here. What's, what's, uh, what are you doing out here? Kieran's going to squint his eyes at her for a second, and then realization washes over his face, and he'll say, Oh, right, yeah, I, I guess I didn't expect to see you here either. You do business out here? Ah, that's a bit complicated. Um, technically, no. Uh, we're kind of in a situation here. Um, we were, I was going on my circuit and we kind of got ambushed by some Morlocks. I'd heard that they were more prevalent in the area recently. I didn't think they were quite that prevalent, but they kind of got the jump of it on us and actually forced us up to the surface here. And we were trying to run away from their little, you know, their little warrens or whatever you'd call them. And we got up to this, uh, site and we were hoping to rest and then... Last night, a whole bunch of them came and ambushed us again, and we managed to fight them off, but uh, as you can see, we kind of, our carts took some damage, so we're kind of stuck here for a little bit, and kind of the way back to my route is, you know, like, through their whole place, so we're just trying to figure out what to do at this point. Where's, uh, sorry, I didn't recognize, I recognized you, I didn't recognize the rest of you. Where's the rest of your, your pals? the the high-pitched punching guy and uh you got a different dwarf this time and uh who was the other one the girl the big one oh wow it's a lot has happened navi since you last saw us uh i i don't have all the details myself but uh let's just say that everyone kind of went their separate ways and I have been lucky enough to find new companions to aid in our endeavors, and our endeavors have led us to this valley. Right? Well, I mean, I knew that you split up a little bit. Uh, I was talking to one of you for, uh, you know, a while here. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't know what happened to the rest of you. 
he didn't really seem to know what happened after he left. Um, but uh, Wait, yeah, who, do, what? Who did you speak with? One of us? Oh uh, yeah, one of your old friends. Uh, this guy. And she kind of points to one of the other four, one of the other three, because she's the fourth one. One of the other three in the line. Everybody roll another knowledge local and a knowledge nature, or both, if you have both. Okay, mine is a 24 for knowledge local, and I do not have knowledge nature. Natural one on my local. Uh, Jessup got a 29 on local and a 24 on nature. Okay, and hers got a 21 on nature. Okay. So with that, uh, both of you with the knowledge nature checks, you identify that two of the individuals of this group of four are shadow collectors, is what they are called. They are small fey creatures. They kind of, shadows kind of drip from their hands, uh, and uh, they have massive ears and elaborate eyebrows that frame their youthful features. But the more, the most interesting of the four is the, the final one, whom you would see looks to be a dwarf. But upon closer inspection, the dwarf has like ash gray skin. So you're like, that's a Duragar. But then on closer inspection, you realize it's actually a dwarf disguised as a Duragar. And this dwarf steps up after Navi points it out. And uh, she says, yeah, a while back, um, I was leaving your uh, cave home place there and uh, was making my route. And I stumbled across this guy naked in the Darklands. I don't know what he was doing, but... You know, I, I picked him up and he's been traveling with me a bit. He says he wants to find his way back to Kragadan and I told him that's not going to happen. But, you know, he, it was better to have him staying with me than going around like a madman in the Darklands. So. Right then. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, obviously, I haven't made it to Kragadon. Making my way there, but I'm not so lucky. How are you guys? I haven't met some of you. I'm Orin Grimbane, Cleric of Torog. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, Kieran, do you know all these people? I'm afraid I I don't. Oh! Navi kind of slaps her head a little bit. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's right. So, um... You guys don't actually know each other, but uh, your friend there, the, the kid... Uh, I... Eider... Eider... I... Den... Aiden. Oh, Aiden. Uh, I... Yeah, you knew him, and he knows this guy. So if you could find him, you could kind of, like channel the information between the two of you. Well, where's, uh, Aiden and, uh, Nayari, and where are they? I hate to be the one to say this to you, but unfortunately, I don't know this Nayari that you speak of. I'm not sure the story... Oh, oh crazy lass! She had a giant battle axe! Huge! Huge! She would grow 10, 12 feet tall! Well, I'm sure I would have recognized her if I had seen her, so must be she took her leave oh. before I showed up. Oh, you couldn't miss her. Couldn't miss her. Quick question. Is Kieran wearing the belt that you found? <gasps> oh, shoot. It's a good question. He's wearing a belt. Because I think you found two. So somebody is wearing that belt, which would be very distinct. A belt of constitution? The belt of constitution that you found in Misthome that had, like, I think it was jade or something. Oh, Gideon I has it. I think the the belt that um, Jessup's wearing of the constitution was he found from the uh, the sludge tunnel with the dead dwarf. Okay. yep, that was one. Wasn't Hersk wearing one on his head? <laughs> <laughs> it was like the band of mighty constitution. I forgot about <laughs> that. And the, and the belt of charisma. 
I believe that's where I got mine, because I have one. Okay. So yeah, Orin would probably, I don't know what your perception is, but probably notice that uh, fairly familiar belt. Orin would look at Gideon and say, uh, actually, uh, you seem to be wearing her clothing. Uh, last time what? I saw her, uh, she had that very belt you're wearing. It's very distinct. I'd remember it anywhere. Uh, the jade inlay is, uh, you know, we dwarves, we remember gemstones, and I remember that gemstone. Uh, do you want to explain where you got that? Of course, though the news is heavy, I must inform you. I, I, I pillaged this off of a body, as I found. You, you pillaged it? Well, that's a bit harsh of a choice of words, but yeah. Uh, we were attacked en route to Longshadow, and there was a trap with a spider. Uh, long story short, uh, there were victims in the bottom, and uh, they weren't going to use them, so... It's grave news. Yeah. Just if rolls a 32 uh, for perform oratory to correct um, Gideon, as opposed to saying pillage, he says repurposing. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't mean to be the further bearer of bad news, but perhaps you have some right to know. There was another woman with her. Was she the last of your company of four? No, that, that, that would have been her, her friend. Oh, this is terrible news. Well, I hate to make it worse, but. I did know Aiden. We traveled together for some time, and... Ah, the boy! Stout of heart, if not a bit foolish. Yeah, he was definitely brave. Uh, what was? Yeah, uh, we... He kind of trails off for a minute, and then he'll... Unfortunately, we fought a dragon, and stout of heart though he was, he fell in battle. Well. This is his uncle, Jessup who was with us at the time. Jessup's kind of looking at the ground, kind of kicking little pebbles, and, uh, yeah, uh, pleasure to meet you. Yeah, and what, uh, Kieran says is true. Uh, Aiden fought bravely, but he is no longer here. Oh, uh, well, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm less, I'm less upset about that. Uh, the boy was, was great. Uh, and, I think if he had to choose his death, <laughs> fighting a dragon's not a bad way to go. There's some honor in that. Especially if he was protecting Nermathus. He loved this country. But he did. From what I heard, his life paved the way for what we were able to accomplish. Oh, what's, uh... What's that? Well, most recently, we've just defended Long Shadow from a siege. Uh, I've joined these companions. They took one of the, um, ranger forts, and that's where I met them. They spoke very highly of Aiden. A siege? At Longshadow? How how did the Iron Fang Legion get to Longshadow so fast and besiege it without anyone else coming to their aid? <laughs> there was a great onyx tower that just appeared out of nowhere, and troops came flooding out of it by the legions. It oh. was awful, and honestly, if we weren't able to go to the source and take down the tower, I fear Longshadow would have fallen. A, a tower, you say? Uh, well, uh, were, you, were you able to... I mean, if clearly you were successful. Were you able to destroy the tower? We were, actually. Uh, we were yeah. able to use their own machinery against themselves by firing their ballista at the tower. Jessup here was able to fire off the, the ballista while we took care of the, the mobs that were coming out. Yeah. Lista super effective against Onyx Towers. Well, while you're 
you bring quite a bit of grave news. Uh, you bring a bit of good news, too. Uh, that tower, I'm quite familiar with it. Uh, when I first met Aiden and Nayari, we were at the town of Feindar. I don't know if you're familiar with Feindar or not. Uh, I assume some of you are familiar with the people of Misthome. They, their original home was Feindar. Uh, it was attacked during a festival by a, a giant tower that appeared seemingly out of nowhere. Well, it wasn't out of nowhere. We did see how it happened. Some artifact that they plunge into the ground erects the tower. Oh. Well. Well, hopefully you've defeated it for for good, and perhaps we won't have to deal with that in the future. You may have saved more lives than you realize. I wouldn't get ahead of ourselves over there, little friend. That's kind of why we're out in this area. We're trying to figure out where to go next, because I think we might have defeated that tower, but I, I do believe there's plenty more where that can come from. Well, as Navi here said, we were driven back by some, some Morlocks, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen any Iron Fang in this area. But like I said, we were just driven upwards recently. And Navi mentioned that you were trying to get to Kragadan? Hi, hi, yes, I was trying to make my way back to Kragadon to see if I could help my people. Uh, yeah, he rarely shuts up about it. Well, I do love my... Much like I didn't love Nermathis, I, I love Kragadon. Jessup turns to Herskin. Do you know this guy? What do you make of this? No, I don't, uh... I don't, I don't really know this guy. Uh, oh. But, you know, there are a lot of dwarves in, in that area, um... You know, it sounds like he's from Kragadon and I'm from Skelt, so it's a good possibility we never met. Well, don't be rude. Introduce yourself. Oh, yes. Hello, yes, dwarves. Yes, uh, yes I'm Warren I'm Grimbane. Uh, it's great to meet you. Um, oh, yes, hi. I'm uh, I'm Hursk, uh, Slag Branch. Uh, oh, uh, Slag Branch, you say? Uh, hmm. Had a bit of trouble then, have we? Uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I ran into a, a foul of my people, uh, you know, as you know, you take the slag when you've been, you know, dishonored. Uh, yeah, it has a lot to do with the Iron Fang, but I'm thinking about trying to redeem myself in the eyes of the dwarves and head back towards Skelt here soon. Uh, you know, but it is good to see one of my people. Hold on a second there, Hursk. You never told us you ran afoul of something. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, Actually, it involved the Iron Fang, Legion. Uh, Some time back, I... Uh, you know, I was I was helping Skelt. We talked about is a pretty industrious town, and I, uh, uh, you know, we we specialize in weapons making. We do a lot of a lot of weapon making, and uh, we were going to take a shipment to uh, to another town to reinforce them. And well, I I may have led us into an ambush and caused the death of many of my people, and uh, you know, obviously lost the weapon shipment. And for that, I've pretty much exiled myself since then. Wait, wait a second. I'm very sorry to hear that. You led your group into an ambush, and we've been having you lead our group this whole time? Well, you know, as as a, as a I came to Long Shadow, you know, I, I, I've really been training myself to make up for that, uh, that particular incident. So one of the things I've been doing is, you know, really honing my skills in, uh, you know, survival out in the wilderness and, and finding my way, you know, really being a pathfinder, being a, being a, uh, you know, a guide in the wilderness. Uh, so it, it's been kind of part of my, my, re my redemption. I've been trying to, trying to get better. So I never let that happen again. Improving your ranks as it were. 
just to be clear, you didn't lead them into an ambush on purpose, right? It was no, just no, an accident? no, no, no. Okay. All right. it, it was purely, purely accidental. Sense motive. <laughs> <laughs> right? uh, while we're at it, I have some delicious apples, if anyone would like a delicious <laughs> apple. <laughs> it was going to do it to you also, but I love how as soon as Brandon was like, hey, Justin, role play with yourself, you loser. <laughs> um, he comes up with, oh, actually, jokes on you, other fellow dwarf is going to recognize piece of backstory. So get yeah. wrecked. Get wrecked, yeah, so, yeah, Justin will be playing two characters for the rest of the AP. <laughs> no, 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 no. Warren is just Hurst's new animal companion. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he took leadership, so he just has Orin now. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Sorry, you were going to say something, Justin. I didn't mean to cut you off. Not Justin, Jessup. Oh, he was just, uh, Jessup. Well, uh, you know, ever since you've been with us, I think that uh, you've been doing a fine, fine good job. So keep, keep, keep up the good work. I appreciate that. Jessup kind of has a bead of sweat down his brow, like, oh, boy. <laughs> As we realize we're in the middle of, like, a, you know, Morlock-infested area. <laughs> And as you guys continue talking, uh, eventually the rest of the caravan people kind of peek out from behind the carts, seeing that there is not a battle currently ensuing. And you can see that a lot of these, um, well, not a lot of these, all of these other figures are dark folk, um, or Caligni, as they are also known as. And you can see that they are somber men and women swathed head to toe in kind of dirty rags and, and hoods. Their makeshift wagons there are, as I said, kind of broken down. You see that the wagons mostly seem to hold supplies, blankets, sleeping mats, rations, water, ropes, canvas, all that sort of things. Dungeoneering types of things. And uh, Kieran, you would know that Navi has uh, most of her important wares in her cloak and like a sewn-in bag of holding and whatnot. But they kind of begin to peek out and and group up and, and Navi says... Right, well, uh, it was nice seeing you. Um, wouldn't happen to know how to fix carts or have uh, a fancy thing that can make some nails, would you? <laughs> Do I? Yeah, I? Yeah, I was asking if you did. Jessup pulls the <laughs> hammer out of his pocket. Oh, does he come with nails? He goes, well, yeah, it's, uh, it's magic. I think you can, uh, it, it just manifests about, I think, uh, like a hundred nails a day, which be, I think, more than plenty. Oh, yeah, that'd be real nice if you could help us out with that. It would get us... I mean, we're still stuck up here. I don't know of any entrances to, to the Darklands except for that one. Jessup looks and I... We have the time, don't we, guys? Yeah, that's fine. So Jessup will... I don't... Do they, like, need us to roll engineering or just no, provide so the mallet? No, it's not... It's not like a roll or anything. You'd you'd be able to help them out. It would probably take an hour. Um, but with that mallet, it would very quickly go it wouldn't because the mallet just makes the nails you just go bump 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 and if there's good. anything less than 11 pounds i can also mend it we get done gosh only knows how much that man if only we had make hole or something that would have been a lot quicker well yeah that would have been a good one to have oh well <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun times I'm giving you the face you can't see it but I'm giving you yeah, the I can't see oh it. I feel it I feel that face so yeah, you guys spend some time helping them, and uh, yeah, so Navi would kind of go about her her routine, and for your information, she is willing to trade with you uh, if if you had anything that you wanted to uh, 
to purchase. It says here that she acts as a marketplace equal to that of a small town with a 75% chance of having any given item on hand worth a thousand gold or less and up to 5,000 gold available to buy items. Her stock includes some specific higher value magic items. So she has a mithril heavy shield if you wanted to buy that, a plus one key focus short sword. I'm sure one of you could use that in some way. A plus one ghost touch sling, a wand of dispel magic with 15 charges left, a wand of sound burst with 48 charges, and a spare bag of holding type two. Ooh. And then again, 75% chance of finding anything of a thousand gold or less. How much is that bag? Bag of holding type two. 5,000 gold. Yeah, bag of holding type two, as Sarah said, 5,000 pounds. It can. No, no, not 5,000 pounds. (laughs) 5,000 gold pieces. It weighs 25 pounds. It can hold 500 pounds or 70 cubic feet. So it's pretty spacious. My question is how much for that wand? Which with one? only The one with only 15 charges for Dispel Magic. Dispel Magic is a third level spell, I believe, yes? Yeah. So that would be, so normally 11,250. Hold on, I could get it. You said there's 15 charges? Yeah, it is correct. 3,375 gold. What she said. But it seems pretty ominous that uh, she would have that, you know? I feel like we almost need it. I mean, I find all kinds of things... How would that work with Dispel Magic casting it as a wand? It would go off the minimum caster level? Yeah, it would go off the wand. That's how wands uh, work. Yeah, yeah, no, you don't want that. Don't don't get that. Oh, fine. <laughs> Three Maybe sessions I, I, later, <laughs> Gideon's like, I wish I had the wand of Dispel Magic. I wasn't going to sell it to you anyways. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean any um, disrespect. Uh, do you happen to have um, some scrolls of Lesser Restoration? I don't know if I want to sell them to you. <laughs> Gideon's diplomacy is bad. Yeah, you can roll for it. So yeah, anything below a thousand, you can roll seventy-five percent. So one to seventy-five, and you're good. I'll, uh, I'm gonna roll two. I want two of them if I can find them. Sure. Does the chance go down with each subsequent check for the same item? Within reason, no. Yeah, I got one. Yeah, I reserve the right to change my answer at any moment's notice. <laughs> <laughs> So, 150 gold for... Wait, I don't need that anymore. I just got this... Oh, well. I just got the spell that made me not need that anymore. Beautiful. Yeah, but you wouldn't have to waste a spell slot if you have a wand of whatever the heck you just asked for. Well, and now I can also use it for the mental damage, which I wouldn't be able to heal. Yeah, Lesser wand of rest- lesser restoration is 750 for the No, 50? not a wand. No, I need a scroll. scroll. Oh, yeah. A scroll for... So just one yeah, casting of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah, like I said, over some time, you guys could help a little bit with their wagons, mostly get them up and, and, and going, but Navi would probably just say, and she's, yeah, thanks for that. Um, Like I was saying, we're we're still kind of stuck up here until we can get back through those warrens. It's the, uh, I have a very established route through the Darklands, and you don't diverge off of it because you will get lost and never heard from again. So I can't, I I, I don't know trying to think of some way to get back down to that specific spot again so I could continue going on. Can we, by chance, try to parlay with her to, like, follow her and she could navigate us through? 
she'd be fine with going into the Darklands with you. You don't know if she'd be going the same direction as you, but, like, she's not opposed to going with you as long as your paths align. Do our paths align? You don't know. You just know that there are tunnels that lead you somewhere, but you don't you don't have exact tunnels. You don't know which direction they go or anything. You're kind of in the dark on that at the moment. Kieran's going to pull the others aside from that group, and he'll say, "So is the purpose of this? Are we we're trying to get to Kragadan, right? And it looks like in order to get there, we have to go through the Darklands, and in order to get to the Darklands, we have to deal with these Morlocks. Is that what you're picking up from this?" I, I think that's correct. Sounds correct. I, I don't know much about the Darklands. I, I don't know if there's any way to Kragadan. And from the sounds of the merchant there, the Orin or whatever the dwarf's name was, it hasn't been successful. But I think that's where we're heading. Right, honestly, I feel like this is our best bet. We've got a group that potentially could travel with us maybe a ways, who knows? At least give us instructions once we get in there. I feel like this is an opportunity we can't just let pass. Yeah, I uh, I struggle seeing the dock above ground, let alone in the docklands, so any you know help we can get navigating I am okay with. Right, I'll be able to help with that a little bit, but it will expend some resources. I'll be honest, guys, I I, I don't think I'm quite ready to go back to Kragadon. It's a tall order for me. I understand that. You have your own people in Skelt to think of. Uh, my people in Skelt to think of, and it'll be tough enough getting getting their trust back. And I, I can't go back as a slag. I just can't. Uh, forgive my ignorance. I, I don't know much of your dwarven customs. Uh, what do you have to do to rid yourself of the name slag? Well, uh, I have to do something in the eyes of my people to redeem me. Uh, it's not a specific set of tasks or anything like that. It's mostly just I have to redeem myself in their eyes. Do you not think that cloak on your back or defending Longshadow would be enough for them? Well, it might. I'll have to take that chance and see. I have to, uh, I'll have to go and, and see. And if they accept me, great. If not, uh, well, I'll have a greater penance to pay then. So am I getting what you're putting down here? Are you departing then? I guess so. I mean, if if, if the plan is to go to the Darklands and to travel to Kragadon, I don't think that's where my journey's taking me. Jessup will roll, perform oratory for, uh, actually no, he'll roll bluff. A 30. No, no, we're, we're definitely not going in the Darklands. We are just going in the, defi- the, the you know, vicinity of that very dark tunnel there. But it's definitely not the Darklands. Kieran will walk over and put a hand on her shoulder and say, Listen, I respect your decision. 100% I stand behind it. If you feel you can make it back to your home safely without others, then I'll trust you on that. But just know that what we did back at Longshadow wouldn't have been possible without you and by extension Titan as well. So you have my gratitude for that, for helping to keep me alive. Oh, and, well, each of you have my gratitude. You, you've you all been firm companions. I couldn't have asked for a, a better group to travel with, to defend Long Shadow with. Each and every one of you is a person of honor in my book. Uh, 
I think I can make it back. Uh, I'll probably go back to Long Shadow first. Um, is there anything you'd want me to tell them or take back with me or... I guess if you want to relay that we're probably heading into the Darklands, so that's something. I'll certainly let them know. Uh, Jessup, if you want, I can uh, let your son know. Uh, if you want. If you don't want me to worry him, I... I won't, but if you want me to tell him, I, I'd be happy to. The Darklands, as far as... I, I mean, I'm a dwarf. We all know the Darklands. Uh, it's no it's no easy place. For everything that Long Shadow, the, the Siege of Long Shadow was, I, I do not envy you for going in there. Well, I can't say I'm excited about it. It's not exactly the place I would have put on my bucket list of areas to adventure in, but here we are, and that's where we're heading, and I just hope that we're prepared for what whatever we'll find in there. What's the worst that could be down there, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, there's a lot, Jessup. I, you know, I wouldn't... Yeah. My studies growing up... Chuckles. I've heard <laughs> horror stories of the Darklands. You know, it goes so deep that nobody even knows what's down there. It's terrifying. So you see that fellow over there, the, the Orn fellow, uh, he, he's cleverly disguised as a, as a drugger. Uh, they're, they're like dwarves, but they're, uh, uh, they're not generally friendly. You might want to avoid them if you see them. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff down there, Jessup. Uh, just, just be, be cautious. Be safe. Right. Honestly, I think if if something's moving down there, it's not our friend. So best be on our guard. Don't worry, guys. Cautious is my middle name. Is it really? That's a very odd middle name to have. It's actually Herbert. Mine's Bert. <laughs> so we're practically middle name brothers. Well, Hursk, if this is goodbye, uh, we still have ways of keeping in touch if you ever need to. Uh, Niari, do you still have one of the bird feather tokens? I'm afraid that Niari was dead. <laughs> was dead inside of us. You <laughs> found you the bird. Are you talking to the belt, you village? Hear it. He's talking to the belt. Did he pillage one of those bird feather jokers from her corpse too? It's yeah. gone insane. <laughs> oh, if, how do if, we know it's the right Gideon? How many hours did you spend searching for if, berries? If Kieran's still got two of those, we could just leave one with us and one with him. Yeah, I have three, so he will out of the haversack pull a bird feather token and hand it to Hersk and say, "If you need us, or I mean, even if you need to get a hold of someone in Long Shadow, once you leave, you can use this." Hopefully, you'll get the help that you need, but I have faith in you. I think you'll be fine, and maybe along the way you'll find a companion. Uh, that's the hope. Um, I probably won't spend too much time in Long Shadow. I'll, I'll probably spend most of my... I mean, most of my time has been spent in the wilderness, so I'll probably probably go back out into the hills and, uh, you know, do, do a little bit more exploring before making my way to Skelt. Um, it, it's definitely not going to be a beeline. It'll be a, a long, slow journey that I'm going to take kind of some mental preparation before I get there. Well, Hursk, it was well said by yourself first. It was an honor to fight along your side. My, uh, my shield is pledged for Nirmathis, but if you ever need my aid, don't hesitate to use that to contact me. I appreciate that. Good luck, guys. Malani be with you. Hursk will sprint his little dwarf flex away <laughs> okay. and dives into a bush. I like to think that Shortly after he leaves, he meets this very sneaky, shadowy rogue fellow who's just been wandering around. Following, the following. Two of them go off just, on their adventures I together. I just picture like 
we're our group is doing our own thing and they're both just hiding in a bush watching us from a distance oh, watching. See what we're doing <laughs> they're like as soon as that dwarf dies which one of us is gonna jump in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyways so yeah it sounds like Hurst will be making his way back trying to find some closure on his on his business there leaving the three of you on your own with no one else to fill his place unfortunately yep yep good luck guys I'm not gonna lie part of me is actually really happy about this because assuming Oren hasn't retrained we now have a cleric which is very much needed would you like some info or no yeah absolutely I do what did what did Oren get when he leveled up yes many times many times so Oren will come in at a level 11 cleric um, I did decide to keep him, me and Jason had discussed, and I had toyed around with the idea of maybe multi-classing and fighter, but I ultimately just decided to keep him as the divine paragon cleric that he was. A few things are different because we didn't have his original sheet. Um, some stuff's the same, but some stuff has definitely been reworked because we didn't have the sheet, so I did what I want. Yeah, I don't know what happened. So what I'm going to do is... I'm going to start putting character sheets just in the other folder here because I was archiving them and my archive is gone. And I don't know if that was me or if something else happened to it. Yep. So I had to build him from the ground up. So uh, you'll have to bear with me as I, because he had an ungodly amount of spells and a whole bunch of other stuff that I'll have to work my way through. Uh, But essentially some of the the highlights uh, we will have a level 11 cleric, which is cool, uh, who has selective channeling. Um, I did build him for that. He's not going to be super strong in melee, but I've built him to be super defensive and uh, very heal heavy. Some of the highlight spells, obviously this list will grow, but some of the highlight ones, um, you know, he's going to obviously have Consecrate for like Undead, um, Lesser Restoration, all the cures. Rester Lesteration. <laughs> Just bought that scroll, wasted 150 gold, no reason. It's the cleric yeah, version. Yep. Great. It's the cleric version. I uh, bought um, it from Orin. From Orin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Orin sees you guys and starts scribbling down scrolls real quick. Like, yeah, I've got stuff to sell too. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but we will also have Breath of Life and Raise Dead. Oh, Breath of Life is so good. What? I was going to get. I was going to get Breath of Life. Yeah, survivability might bump up a lot from this moment on. Maybe. This makes my heart so happy. My, my only thing is now I'm really concerned about our DPS. But yeah, I think we, Kieran can step up to that role <laughs> now. Well, Kieran's got iterators now, so we're all fine. He's yes, basically yeah. the equivalent of, like, five Kieran, Kieran you sure. got a blast, buddy. Blast, blast, blast. Yeah, I'm sorry I haven't been doing this, like, the entire <laughs> book three that we had. Sorry, I'll step up and make sure that yeah. I start using those blasty spells that I've just been saving this whole time. Saving? Yeah. Wait, this, he's had blasty spells this whole time? Yeah, like, I don't know. I think he casts, like, some line effect of lightning or something. Has he even used know. a single fireball? What are you no. doing? No. He used light, He used uh, the wall of fire. I remember that. That was fun. Good times. Oh, yeah, that, that went great. <laughs> I had a wand of really fireball helpful. that I used a lot. on the troop so you're welcome (laughs) you're welcome I mean clerics have some decent damage spells too pull out that spiritual weapon yeah I'll have to flesh out his spells quite a bit because I'm trying to keep them 
I'm not going to load as many as I did when I first had him because it'll just bog down mm -hmm. roll 20. Um, so I'm trying to keep them a little more concise. So what level do your spells go up to? Six. Oh! So we have six you, level spells. Is heal six level or is that seventh? Yeah, yeah. no. Well, we're, do we, don't, we don't get to die anymore. Oh, dude, heal. Put that on your list to uh, consider. Yeah. It's a good heal. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good just, one. I was just going to tell you what I learned is that you get rest by the rest of the party if you don't have specific spells slotted. <laughs> so you get ripped on a lot. Oh, just use this spell. I don't have it slotted. Yeah. You don't it have to heal? Terrible cleric. Are you a cleric? Yeah, and at 11, um, his channel energy is 6d6. How many of those do you get a day? I haven't calculated it yet. Let me look. Gotcha. Um, channel it's a, I think it's like 3 plus your charisma. I could be wrong about that. Uh, yes, three plus charisma, five. I'll be able to do that five times a day. Uh, you'll live forever. But yeah, he can. So he's a high enough level. He can do flame strikes. He can just start doing like eleven d six fire damage that way. Yeah, he can do flesh wall. Create a wall of zombies. I don't know if he. I don't think. I don't. I don't think Orin's gonna do that. But maybe. <laughs> All right. So I guess after Hursk departs, Kieran will move back to the group where they're standing and say well it seems like our other companion is going to part ways with us he's going to head back to his home said that the Darklands are not a place that he has any interest in going and honestly I, I don't really want to go there myself but it doesn't seem we have a choice so perhaps we can help you with this Morlock problem if you can help us enter the Darklands yeah, that'd be great. I mean, it's really easy to get in. It's just right over there. And that's about it. Yep. The big hole in the ground, that's where it is. It's just that there's a lot of Morlocks over there, so we're kind of staring clear of it. Before we do that, have you noticed the the, the wooden houses not too far from here? Have yeah. You, have yeah, you... I, we were checking those out like a couple hours ago, just taking a look-see. No, oh, what's out there? Is there anything of note or... We were going to go there first, but we found your tracks. Looks pretty abandoned to us. We didn't really go snooping around too much because, like I said, Morlocks in the area. We didn't want to get ourselves into, you know, some trouble. But, uh, yeah, we were just kind of seeing if there was anybody around, and we didn't immediately see anybody, so we just kind of left it as it was. We didn't want to leave the rest of our caravan undefended from the Morlocks if they came out, so can't say a whole lot, but it looked pretty abandoned through the five feet that I could see through the fog before we left. Well, Jessup, Gideon, do you feel it's necessary for us to go check that out, or should we continue with them to try to take care of the Morlocks? Uh, if you didn't notice anything there, I, I don't think there's a need to go. I mean, like I said, I didn't actually look around, but it's not like there's a village there or anything. What was it? I don't know. I didn't really look around. Yeah, but you were there. What does it look yes, like? Buildings, wooden buildings. Well, my curiosity is peaked, so, you know, if we've got the time, if you're all right with that, maybe we can just go check it out, rest there, perhaps, if it's safe, and then set out in the morning. Sure thing. Sounds good. That's what we'll do. So you guys all make your way over to the wooden buildings there. So as you guys approach, and you still have some time left before it gets to be really dark and whatnot, but... You see, this looks to be some sort of 
hastily built encampment, maybe. You see, like I said, a, a handful of hastily built wooden buildings that appear to be abandoned amid a sea of tent poles, tattered canvas hanging listlessly in the in the air, hard-trodden earth, and dozens of fireplaces speak to an army of hundreds, perhaps thousands, having recently occupied this eerily quiet military camp. Black stones piled higher than a tree fill a circle at the camp's center. What would you like to do? Kieran would like to... Well, Kieran's just realizing something now that Hersk was our stealthy person, and now we don't really have a stealthy person, do we? Ah, Jessup, ah, I can do it. I got a five. Yeah, that's better than my zero. I can just roll right on in there. Hey, maybe maybe we're just the kind of party that doesn't stealth anymore. Yeah, I mean, Kieran, if uh, you want to extend some spells and give somebody invisibility, that uh, can pretty much help anybody. Yeah, I mean, if... If Orin's got raised dead, we don't need to be careful anymore. We just need to go. Oh, did Navi and Orin come with you guys to the wooden huts? I assumed everybody was going because you mentioned possibly resting there, and Navi took that as a sign of, oh, so we don't stay here. Yeah, it was an open invitation to them where we would find somewhere with more shelter than this tower. Kieran would be willing to cast invisibility and fly and go in on his own to check it out. Yeah, if you want to do that, that's fine. Because he's got Dimension Door just in case he needs to skedaddle back out. So that's what he'll do. He will cast Invisibility and Fly on himself. So he has those for nine minutes each. And he will zoom, zoom. And just kind of from an aerial perspective, just scan over this place. And then if he doesn't see anything, he'll get a little bit closer. But just taking his time and... If he has to back off a little bit to recast those spells, he can do that as well. Okay. Yeah, like I said, um, from an aerial point of view, you don't get too much more. Again, a bunch of hastily built wooden buildings, a bunch of empty tent poles and whatnot, and a pile, a mass of black stones in the center, like higher than a tree. Okay. I will get close enough to cast Detect Magic on the pile of stones. Ah, dancing lights. That's indeed. Not the right one. Still starts. With so you cast one. dancing lights. <laughs> I'm glad you're invisible. <laughs> I um, did not cast dancing lights. Yeah. So you cast detect magic. Uh, just so you know, that would be a verbal component. So that if there was somebody nearby, they would hear you. Yeah. No. And he's doing this. Not. I guess maybe I should roll perception first to see if he notices anybody. Yeah. You could go ahead and roll a stealth and a perception while you're zooming around from the above. Okay. From the above. Yes, from the above. Okay, so a 23 perception and a... That's not right. It didn't take no. into account my temp bonus for stealth. So a okay. 19 base and then add 20, so 39. So 23 perception versus a 19... Still not versus, you're not going against yourself. But <laughs> I do perceive a, my own okay. movements. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So you're zooming around from above. You don't see anybody while you're looking around from above. Okay. So you get closer. You do detect magic like you were saying? I do. Okay. You cast detect magic. You succeed on casting it and whatnot. And you detect that these black stones emanate a faint lingering aura of 
I don't know what school of magic that would be, but they do seem faintly magical. And getting closer, they are the same general color as the tower in Longshadow, but crumbled and and kind of like becoming sludge almost. And not long after having cast that, you hear a voice coming from one of the buildings. Well, well, look who finally decided to show up. I'll admit I was worried you weren't going to come, but I guess that snake knows what she's talking about after all. Why don't you, uh, come out here and reveal yourself, wherever it is you are? And you see from a building is on a, like a makeshift rocking chair. That you didn't see this figure before. Is what appears to be a lone hobgoblin. Oh boy, this is a this is a predicament for sure. Is he old? I don't know why I envision him uh, being old. You can roll another perception check to get uh, some details on this individual. Okay, perception check. Go natural twenty for a thirty. So a thirty doesn't look old or anything. So this looks like a not not even middle aged, but probably like mature, older like maybe early 30s uh, hobgoblin and has a wide brimmed hat and a red cloak and then many straps and whatnot and you you can see what appears to be a a long sword strapped to his waist and he just kind of rocks back and forth lightly on this rocking chair waiting for a response I'm sorry I don't think we are acquainted No, I don't think that we are. But, uh, to be honest, it's kind of hard to have a conversation with someone I don't know where they are. Oh, I think you can still hear my voice from where you're sitting. Oh, I can certainly hear you, but it's not the civil way to talk, is it? Well, I've never known hobgoblins to be very civil now, have I? I suppose you got a fair point there. My kind can be a bit abrasive at times. You said you were expecting me? Yeah, I was expecting a few folks to come through here. After uh, everything that went down and whatnot, I figured I'd probably have some company if I stayed here longer enough. Well, I don't know who you were expecting, but unfortunately it's just me. Ah, well, I guess that's not uh, ideal, but I guess it'll do. Do for what exactly? Oh, you see, I'm here on some business. And uh, business with you, actually. If you would like to know, I have... And he kind of reaches into his vest and pulls out a piece of paper. Says, uh, you could read this if you're interested. Uh, here, I can... I imagine you don't want to come right up to me here. I can float it over to you a ways. And you can see that he kind of grasps, grasps a necklace. Uh, he has... And with your... Spellcraft, you'd immediately recognize it as a hand of the mage. Oh, which is the the necklace that actually has a hand on it. That's the one that we you, found yes. in. You did um, find one of those, yeah. Where what's that? What was that one town? Um, Gristledown. Gristledown, yeah. Yeah, you did find one of these. Uh, it's not a not an expensive item. It just lets you cast mage hand once per day. But he kind of grasps that and casts mage hand, and he kind of floats these papers 
outwards, just kind of straight. He doesn't know where you are, just straight outwards towards the the black mass. Mm-hmm. And the obviously the range of it is only thirty feet, but so these papers are like thirty feet forward mm-hmm. in the air. And he says, "Feel free to take a look at those if you're interested." Okay, Kieran is not going to take them, but he will move to be able to read them. Okay, they're it's like four or five. Actually, it's probably more like a dozen or two papers that are being grasped by the hand. So you can look at the first one if you're interested in that. And you can see on this first page is a portrait, a very roughly sketched portrait of what appears to be a a human man. And it says on there the, the name Gideon. And it looks to be a wanted poster. It says, dead or alive, 15,000 gold pieces. He says, I don't know if you're familiar with that individual there on the front, but I was told that I might see him in this area if I stayed, and as you can imagine, that is quite a hefty sum. Well, I hate to break it to you, but I've... I have no idea who this person is. Ah, well, that certainly is a shame, isn't it? Go ahead and roll a bluff check for me. A 20. Well, that being said, might I inquire as to who you are? You haven't done introductions yourself. And to be perfectly honest, I'm a bit on the back foot here. I don't know if I want to give introductions to somebody who won't even show their face. I'm standing right out here in the open. Also, let me check real quick. I want to make sure that my mage hand doesn't run out and scatter those papers all over the place. Oh, it's concentration. I can keep this up as long as I want. Kieran will drop invisibility. <gasps> and he oh. will take the papers. Ah, there we go. Now we can have a good conversation. Roll for initiative. I can see already, uh, a bit hard to believe that you don't recognize that guy in the, in the paper there. If you peel back a couple pages, you might see a familiar face. Kieran will crack a grin. <laughs> does look quite like me, does it not? It's not the best image I've seen, but it's good enough to identify at least. Yeah, they didn't get the nose right at all. No, no, they did not. You got quite a fine nose. I I like to think so, too. Yeah. Good bloodline. Sounds like it. Yeah, so what's my bounty he'll flip through? Oh, you'd be surprised to know that it's the same, actually. All four of you got the same one, so altogether you're worth 60,000, which is a lot. I'll be perfectly honest, I'm not sure what y'all did. But you ran afoul of somebody important. You did something. <laughs> what, if, what if you and I were to make a deal? I mean, I'm listening. Let's say I bring the other three to you. We split this 50-50. That is a very interesting proposition. I will admit. But, uh... Pardon me for being suspicious, but uh, what exactly... I mean, I suppose I don't know your circumstances, but I was under the impression that you were on the same side. Right, yes. Perception would say as much. But, you know, I'm really only in this for the money. Really? I suppose that's something that we have in common. I rolled an 11 on my bluff. It's the truth, Sarah. You just convince him it's the truth. Kieran is sweating. He is very nervous. I am... A man of money myself. I'm no 
follower of Avatar or anything, though I do respect many of his tenets. I can, uh, I can sympathize with someone who's in it for the money, as it were. Money runs this world, after all. That it does. So, do we have a deal? I can bring you the others soon? Yeah, I think so. Sounds like they must be nearby, then. Well, you know, I have the ability to traverse great distances fairly fast, so... Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Well, how long are you thinking it would take you to bring him? How long are you willing to wait? Well, I'd be perfectly honest with you. I don't want to be rude, but... I mean, we did just meet, and, uh, I mean... It's not a whole lot of trust build up between us quite yet, so it would certainly be a mighty loss for me if I were to wait here long enough for you guys to just leave the valley, and I'd be... I've waited here for a week and a half for nothing. Uh, how about I give you, uh, say ten minutes? No. I can wait. Um... Any more than that, and you might just run off on me. Well, I'm not sure I'll be able to convince them in ten minutes, but I suppose if that's your ultimatum, then that's what I have to work with. Yeah, I think that's what we'll go with for now. Sounds like they must be within ten minutes' distance of here, at least. Kieran will, without another word, Dimension Door, the full distance in the opposite direction. And, okay. And then he will... Well, maybe not the opposite direction, but not the exact direction that they're in. But I think... Like, is this all open area to the point where if I just, like, Dimension Door, he'll just see me, like, 800 feet off, and he'll be like, Oh, I see you over there! Like, that's um, what I'm trying to avoid. Well, it would depend. Like, if he were to climb onto one of the buildings or on the pile and look around, like, the valley... You're on the valley map, right? Yeah. So the valley doesn't really have anything obstructing vision. Okay. So if he were to look around, and assuming he has a decent perception check, he could probably spot you if he wanted to to check, which you don't know if he will or not. Okay. I will use two castings of Dimension Door to get back to the group a roundabout way-ish. Okay. Okay. Uh, so two castings of that. Sarah, I don't mean to be the uh, bear of bad news, but when you use Dimension Door without saying word, that's physically possible because it only uh, requires verbal components. Well, yeah, I mean, I say the spell words. I just didn't I like the nerd voice. I like the nerd voice. I did the nerd voice. I like it. It was funny. She's like, hey, without a word or without saying anything, I'd bet you more like, it's um, actually, components. it has verbal components. So uh, you can't, can't silently go away. No. Um, no. Yeah, you got, you got to give it to Brandon when he gets the spell right. So. Um, Doesn't happen often. So Kieran will appear before you guys, and he is breathing very heavily and he's sweating and he'll just say bad news bad news uh, apparently there's wanted posters for us and he'll like shove the papers up so that everyone can see uh yeah there's a bounty hunter in there I made some sort of deal with him to bring you in I was freaking out I didn't know what to do but he's expecting us all back there in 10 minutes I told him I'd split the profits with him honestly don't know what I was thinking uh but yeah, so apparently we're going to have to fight this guy. He's been tracking us down. He got this far. He's been waiting here for a week and a half. Are you serious? No, it's all a joke. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm serious. Jessup grabs his. Does it, does it, does it look like me? 
Well, the noses are really bad. You can tell. I mean, that doesn't look like my nose at all. But that's beside the point, alright? The, the fact is, there's one guy. And the fact that one guy is going after all four of us, you know, knowing maybe some of the things that we've done. I mean, I don't like the, the odds of that. Well, are you sure there's just him? That's all I could tell from what I saw. Well, how much time do we have left, Jason, before it gets dark out? Uh, before it gets dark out, probably half an hour. Unfortunately, uh, I don't think we have a lot of time, so either we go and deal with this schmuck right now, or we gotta go find another place to hide, and I'm not really sure there's many locations for us to get to in 30 minutes. Right, and I don't want to get Navi and them involved in this. They're, they're not part of this, the things that we've done. I'm just afraid that if we don't take care of this now, that this, this man will follow us into the Darklands, and I'd rather not fight him down there. Well, looks like Gideon. Oh, got any buffs to throw up here, Gideon, in just a minute or two for us to charge right on over? Yeah. Or in a... I hate to put you on the spot, we just met, but do you mind lending us a hand on this one? You look like you're the only one that may be able to hold your own in combat. Oh, I know my way around a hammer. I'd be happy to help. Jessa pulls up the uh, picture of her next is there, to him. Is there, is, there, is there a wanted poster for me? Uh, uh, this one's close enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we could, you know, just change the hair a little bit. And Your beard's a bit longer, but I, I know that's a sore subject. We won't ask you to cut it or anything, but I'm sure you could pull it off. Just say you've fallen on hard times or something. Oh, hi, hi, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll give it a go. I'm a little insulted that I don't have a wanted poster, but uh, it's fine. Well, hang on with us for a little more and you will. Oh, excellent. Apparently. So, what's the plan? Uh, I don't know. That was Sarah freaking out. Uh, uh, Jessup will cast a few spells then. Um, yeah. I, I guess mean, how you, far you, was it? How far away was it to get there? I imagine that you probably were only a couple hundred feet away. Beautiful. So Guys, you're just like probably listening within in sight. And- He's, he's just hearing us cast spells. Yeah, he hears Kieran, like, freaking out as he recalls this information. <laughs> well, I'll just do this one. Uh, so you, uh, just looks at uh, Kieran. Kieran, breathe, my friend. Breathe. And he will cast Anticipate Peril on Kieran. Ooh, what does that do? So it lasts for 11 minutes. A creature affected uh, by the spell can uh, anticipate peril, gains a pre-natural sense of danger. The first time during the spell's duration that the target has to make an initiative check, that creature adds an insight bonus on that initiative check equal to the spell's caster level, minimum or max of 5. Okay. So you get plus 5 to your initiative roll if you roll in the next 11. Okay, good to know. Um, I imagine my invisibility... Well, my invisibility is gone. I imagine my fly is probably gone as well. At this point, with all the conversation and, and whatnot, most likely, yeah. Okay. All right. Then Kieran's going to cast Mirror Image on himself. So I think I get... Yeah. So I get an extra image. So now it's a 1d4 plus three. Six images. Do we want to try to talk him down or something? He seems pretty motivated by money. Uh, We've got money, but I'd rather not part with it. Well, my thought process is, is how can he spend money if he's dead? So maybe he's better off going on uh, four on one. There's a pretty good odds. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking. I don't know what the plan of action is. You want to go in as if I'm bringing you to him to seal the deal? Or should we just go in with our spells at hand and start flinging spells? I think it'd be a little more uh, 
ridiculous if you somehow managed to put us all in manacles to follow you. I think that we need to play it off that uh, you are just bringing us in for some, I don't know, to meet someone. You know, play it off like we're, we, you, we need to trust you. Right. Okay. All right. Let's just feign ignorance like you you don't have any idea what's going on. Uh, we'll just walk <laughs> done in all, done. all casually and, but, you know, should we have a, a signal word to start things off? Like, Parcheesi. Parcheesi. Yes. Uh. If, if you say Parcheesi, I will start fighting. <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. I've, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned before, I'm a cleric of Torag and, uh, he's magnificent, has, uh, gifted me a few spells, uh, I'd be, uh, willing to cast one on, uh, on you, Jessup, if, if you're, if you're willing to let me, uh, just to give you a little extra, uh, uh, armor. Sure. Except, you know, if you join this party, there's only one way you can cast spells. Uh, okay. Gotta slap the fist on the back. Oh, 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 oh. Kind of motivation. <laughs> and slap you really hard on the back while casting Shield of Faith. Jessup takes uh, some non-lethal flavor damage. <laughs> yeah. What does that do? Uh, you get a plus three deflection bonus to your AC. Ring of protection, but I do. So it would it's give plus you two. a plus one to your AC. Did you say plus three? It's a deflection bonus? Yeah, did you say your ring of protection is a plus two? No, my ring protection plus one. Oh, mine's mine's okay. only a one. Oh, okay. So you get a two. So you get a two. So I, get, I get the two, right. Yes, yeah. okay. Sorry, I was confused. Nope, that's my bad. And okay. that'll last for 11 minutes, yep. All right, let's go die. Just so we're all clear, I will have cast Divine Weapon ahead of time. So I got a flamey boy, and he's going to... It's it's Misty yet, or no? Not yet, no. You still have some time. Okay. Well, it's starting. Like, you can see the edges of the valley. The mist is starting to encroach, but it's okay. not to your area yet. Then that's it. That's all I'm going to cast. <laughs> Kieran is cursing okay. himself now because he's like, let's go in like we don't know what's going on as I have six of these swirly images yeah. around me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't think yeah. about that before I cast yep. it. Yeah. Wait, wow. wait. <laughs> get weird. Just convince him you get 15,000 per image. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's Kira's, a permanent. He's a permanent. He's worth like 45 I'm not sure. Do you think Karen would have made that? Well, maybe Karen. Well, would I mean, Gideon's walking in with a flaming sword, so let's just right. fall to the wall. <laughs> well, that's why I, that's, I was going to not, but well, yeah. We'll just it's fine. Let's just go. Let's see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Just walks behind Gideon for protection. Yeah, you guys make your way. I can start to. I could probably just reveal this map, right? Yeah. So. And you guys can place yourselves anywhere in there. Yeah, anywhere in there. And what direction did we come from, Jason? So you came from this direction, coming up north. Oh, is that a new token for Orin? Slick. Look at him. He is not naked anymore. Oh, that's a shame. No, he's Whoa. a he's a not naked man. He is magnificent. So yeah, you guys walk into this uh, abandoned area, and you turn the corner. And you see in this building over here is the figure who doesn't seem to have moved. And uh, the figure sees you approach and kind of prepares to like say something and then cocks his head, seeing like six Kirins. And he squints, he says, that's an interesting change from the last time we talked. Well, you see, we just met, like you said. I uh, don't know if we're quite on the, 
a trust level just yet. It's purely precautionary. Right. Okay. Well, I'll leave it up to you to explain the situation to your friends there. Well, he'll turn to the others and say, Well, you see, it's nothing against you all. I just really love Parcheesy. And then kick a pow. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what's kick a pow? That's go ahead. Is that the other code word? Is that is that is that your lightning bolt? Kick a pow! Kick a pow! Oh, lightning bolt shoots out. That's draconic for lightning bolt. <laughs> kick a pow! For now on, kick a pow. Labadon the blue taught him that one. Kick a pow! Kick a pow! It's our family spell. Yeah. Go ahead and roll initiative, everybody. Oh gosh! Don't forget, Kieran, your five bonus. Okay, not a great start for Oren. Come on, bud. Oren. Come on, bud. So, Oren got an 11. Yep. Kieran got a 21. Gideon got a 12. Jessup got a 27. So, in the surprise round, like, he's he's gonna be in the surprise round. He, yeah. he, no, was, no, he was on alert. He knew it was up. Said, he said Parcheesy. Parcheesy. How is he going to see that coming? He should get a stunned round, or he's so bewildered. <laughs> First up in this surprise round is Jessup. You're about 80 feet from this dude. And this is a this is surprise round. Surprise round. That is correct. Oh, he's up there. Yep, up here. Jessup up here. will. I like that token. Parcheesy! It's my courage! It's a plus three now? Yeah. Hopefully, Kieran, you have a lot of HP for them smexy touch attacks. One does not simply talk in a southern accent and not wield some sort of firearm. (laughs) This is true. Okay, so Jessup will spend his uh, surprise round inspiring courage. Kieran, you're up. Oh boy. Uh, In the surprise round, Kieran is going to cast shield. And that's my turn. All right. Next up, it is this guy. He will kind of stretch a little bit, shake his head slightly, and he says, Well, I was hoping that it wouldn't come to this. And you see him pull out what looks to be like a club, but without any, like, bladed edge. And you hear him pull something back in a loud click. Oh, no. Harpoon and gun. then he puts a, a hand up to his mouth and blows out a, a loud whistle. He says, let's get him, boys. And on his turn, he will move to be here in the surprise round. And that brings us to Gideon. Well, I've got inspired courage. Like, he's feeling courageous, so he should just go kill. He should just yep. charge. You're 60 yeah. feet away, so I don't think you're within charge. Nah, hearing the let's get em, boys gives me just enough knowledge to be aware that there's going to be some other people here. So I'm going to go ahead and cast Deadly Juggernaut right off the bat. You don't know? Could have been a joke. So I'll cast a spell and I'll five put step to meet him ish All right. Sounds good. Oren, you're at the end of the surprise round. Oren's going to cast Shield of Dawn. Ew. Which, ignore the spell failure. 
create a disc of sunlight on one arm. Any creature that strikes you with a melee attack deals normal damage, but also takes 1d6 points of fire damage plus one point per caster level. Creatures with reach weapons are not subject to this damage. If they attack you, the shield provides illumination as if it were a continual flame spell. You can only have one instance of this spell in effect at a time. It does not stack with similar damaging war spells such as fire shield. Ooh. Wow, that's a long effect. So that is your standard. And then movement. Nope. It's a surprise round. Surprise. Oh, yeah, that's my yeah, that's my standard. Oh, this is still the surprise round. That is correct. I thought we were out of it. Okay. First round of the legitimate combat. We'll do this round just to see how things go, just to set the scene, and then we'll be done. So this round, Jessup, you're first. Um, can Jessup do a quick perception check to see if he can locate or hear where anybody else might be coming from? Yeah, go ahead, roll a perception. Can I take a 20? No. <laughs> he just stands there for like eight consecutive rounds. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. You got this. 22. 22. You do hear movement coming from the surrounding buildings. Oh, so not like one particular building. It sounds like, like here and here and here. Yeah, not one building. Okay. Be careful, guys. Sounds like they're all around us. Uh, Jessup will, um, he will maintain performance. So two rounds of that. And then he will standard action. Boom. Haste. Okay. Um, Jessup will just, uh, is this a building, Jason? Yeah. I mean, is it covered or is it actually broken uh, like If that? it looks collapsed, then it's, it's not, it's more like the remnants of a building that was crushed by monsters or, or, or Morlocks or something. Yep, Jessup will just move over Yanda. Okay. That brings us to these guys. So the door to this building just north of you opens as a creature steps out, five foot steps out, and he'll take one shot at the first guy that he can see with his longbow. So he'll go for, I guess, Kieran, because there's the most of him. Uh, that is a 21 to hit. That misses. Does it hit within five? Or yes, what is the number? it does. Okay. So he misses, but one of the images does disappear. Next up, a guy from below, same thing, opens door, five foot steps out, and takes one shot. This would be at Jessup, because he's the closest. Nice. That uh, would also be a 21 to hit. Actually, no, wait, hold on. Wait, do you have my... I'm going to be facetious. Yeah, I gonna oh, no, I, I don't. I ah! Thank you. 23. Gotcha. It would have been 21. Didn't, didn't think that was going to hit. But you got that sweet, sweet shield of faith! Ah, I did, thank you. Karen, you are up. Alrighty. Karen will probably die. Oh, um... <laughs> you can't, you can't, we may, you can't brag about us having a healer and then say you're going to die in the first round of combat. <laughs> I know. Right? He is going to charge and pull out his glaive. Oh, nifty. And oh, we're splitting the party. Yeah, yeah. He's got buffs now. He's fine. He's invincible. Yeah, no, not nearly invis- invincible. Your but... channel is 100 foot range, isn't it? The what? I'm just kidding. Oh. So, one attack with the glaive. That will be a 36 to hit. Holy crap. That will hit. For 15 wow. slashing damage. Okay. And that's my turn. You slash down and you hear him kind of grunt under the, the weight of the attack. Kind of looks up and sneers at you and says, 
Well, looks like we'll be putting up a bit of a fight then. All right. Okay. And that is your turn? Yes. All right. So out of the building to the northeast there, now that the door is open, another figure comes out as a move action and will standard action take a shot. You are currently attacking their leader, so he is probably going to focus on you. Uh, can only make one shot because he had to move out. So that is a natural 20. With a natural one to confirm. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I have to roll a d6 yes. and a, a one hits you. Yes. Yes? Yes. Okay. I rolled a two. Okay. So another image goes bye-bye. Then, out of the lower building comes another figure. Walks out single shot against Jessup. Oh, I forgot. These guys have favorite enemy human. Okay, so yeah, he's definitely going after Jessup. I totally forgot about that. Okay, one shot. That'll be a terrible roll that is going to miss. I accept that. All right. That then brings us to this guy. The cool guy. The cool guy. This cool guy not? Yeah, he cool guy He's going to step back and he'll be like, well, we'll see how this goes. And he is going to... Actually... Yeah, so he's going to... I think this is fine. He's going to five-foot step and then as a free action he's going to call out and he says... If you would get rid of these images, my boys. And he is going to delay. Out of the building behind him walks this figure. Who's going to move action, walk out. And one attack on Kieran. That is uh, 27. That hits. It's technically higher than that, but D5... Yes. Okay, so I'll do a D10, a 0, or a 1. I guess a 1 or a 10. Whatever the 0 is on this will hit you. There's a 5, so another image. And I'll drop him down to be after where he wants to be. So purple. Purple will step out here. So he had to open the door and 5 foot step out. Uh, and he doesn't have a great line of sight on Kieran, so he's actually going to shoot at Gideon. Which is, I was going to say, never going to hit, but that is a natural 20. To confirm, there's no way that confirms. I don't even know what his bonus is, but it's not going to confirm. But that is a hit. So you will take six points of damage. Reduced by two. Yep. And now Ka'al will take his turn. He says, well, I suppose that's as good as we're going to get. Let's see what we can do here. And he is going to take his musket and he'll throw on a rapid shot. He wants to make as many shots as possible. Um, he's not going to bother with deadly aim, but he is going to point blank shot. Okay, four attacks. So the first one, that is a th- 31 to hit your touch AC? Oh, yeah. Just for uh, the listeners, my touch AC is a 12. <laughs> that would hit your normal AC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What am I rolling now? A D3. D4. 
D4. Okay, so a one will hit you. Yes. I rolled a D8 and I got a six. I don't know why I did that. Where's my D4? There it is. I don't know why I rolled a D8 and thought it was a D4. I like the six. I rolled a yeah. four, so that'll miss. Okay. Oops. Second attack. That is a 29 against your touch. Yes. And now a D3. That's a D3, so that would be a D6 and a one or a two hits you. Yep. We're getting there. Three. Another image. Third attack. That is a natural one. That doesn't come within five. Is that misfire? It does. Oh, is that a misfire? So Good. he will. Oh. Spend a grit to quick clear. Does he have quick clear? Wait yeah, a minute. I'm sorry. Clear. You can do whatever you want. You're the GM. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now my question is: Did Jason use his homebrew? Uh... I did not. Okay. <laughs> I did not. So he didn't want to yeah. play test an Iron Fang invasion. <laughs> okay, so he will. Uh, end his turn there. He says, well, that was a wonderful time, wasn't it? (laughs) And it is now Gideon's turn. A whole lot of noise, but a whole lot of nothing. (laughs) Do not taunt the GM. (laughs) But it's funny. Is uh, Kieran flying? No, No. he is not. I can't charge that to him. (laughs) Haha, loser. Uh-huh. You can charge to a couple different places, though. Yeah, I'm going to charge to uh, that guy down there, because I, I have the 30-foot movement now. Okay. Cast yep. that right before combat, so we'll take full advantage of that new buff. That's pretty fun. What buff? I cast effortless. They're not buff. The cloak that I just got. I mean, you could also just use the haste bonus that you got. Movement. Yeah, you'd, so have have to, you'd, have to, you'd have to spend an action to use the cloak. It's casting the spell. Well, I, I had done that right before we got here because it lasts oh, you five did? minutes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, you're hasted. Oh, but I'm hasted too. Oh my gosh, this is so nice. I love haste. Uh, sorry, I gotta put haste in. Not that it matters, but I will get one attack off. And this it's has got green. charge, haste, inspire, courage. Anything else I should be added into this? That's it for me. Okay. So this is a plus 19 to hit. And That'll I roll hit. a 36. Wow. That'll Doing hit. 1d8 plus 8 plus a d6. So 14. Okay. Solid hit on that guy. Yeah. That brings us to Orin. Orin is going to do... Hold Monster. All right. So it affects like hold person, except that it affects any living creature that fails its will save. Yep, so it's standard action to cast. Functions like hold person, so it has a range of uh, like 200-something feet. On the boss guy. Okay. So that is a will save. Yes. His and I don't know. pretty good. I don't know if it changed. Does it change his what his will save needs to be because it's a level 6 domain spell. So does it take the level 6 spellcaster? Yeah, it's whatever the DC for a 6th level spell is. Or a uh, you have hold monster, so it's a it's a it, oh, because it's a domain 6. Yeah. But it's a 
fourth or fifth level spell. How does that work? Yeah, see? I'm confused. Didn't we discuss that, that you're, you cast at the level that it's at, that it's equivalent to a sixth level spell? Yeah, I think it must be. I think so it, it must be the DC, way, so, so wisdom. I think it's whatever the DC of your sixth level spells are. If this is calculated correctly, it says my DC for sixth level spells is 20. It's definitely within shot. He's got a pretty... He's Will is his lowest... modifier is four. Yep, so that sounds right then. Yeah. yeah so, his, yes. Will is his lowest save, but he's got pretty good saves. That is a 22. Ah, nuts. Ah, biscuits. Ah, that was close. Biscuits. It, you had 50-50 shot there. He's yeah. Got plus 10. So then I get a move action, right? Yeah, that is correct. Okay, I'm done. And at the bottom of round one, the final guy will show up. No more guys. Go away! And he'll make one attack against uh, Kieran, because that's who he was told. It's not funny. Uh, that is a 26 to hit. Yes. What am I rolling? D2. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to roll a D6. One, two, or three will hit you. That is a four. Well, there goes the last image. Kieran just literally spams mirror image this yeah, entire right? combat. I don't do anything. So much for DPS. I just need to keep hey, saving myself. You got your use out of that, though, for sure. Yeah, you did. Yeah, but then now my hit points are going to go down super fast. You got a cleric with heal. You're fine. You'll live forever. <laughs> yeah. I was I so not to be that guy. I was reading Breath of Fire, uh, Breath of Life, right there. I was like, so what does Breath of Life do exactly? <laughs> well, you'll find uh, out in a round. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that ends the first round of combat, and as the final image disappears from Kieran, uh, Kaal, the gentleman over there, kind of grins and he says, "Now we're on even playing field," and that is where we will pick it up next time.